find people that basically can't make enough uh, to, to, to eat before they go into the fields. I don't believe that. I think that you're looking at other places that are not Central Romana. People actually who focus on and go like getting an orgasm never get one. Pull up your socks and figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> Any chance we'll ever get to be a completely wrestling? Oh, yeah. And for the future, it's always uncertain. Wherever but more uncertain now. And listen, Blue Ivy is six years old. Beyonce is She tried to outbid me on a painting. Everybody in Atlanta right now at the Louis Vuitton store, if you black, don't go to Louis Vuitton today. In fun. That's why you need to Four, take a meeting three, with Kanye West, two. Bernard Arnault. Welcome to Grubstakers, the podcast about billionaires. My name is Sean P. McCarthy, and I'm joined today by my fellow energy drink connoisseurs. Yogi Polywool. Andy Palmer. Steve Jeffries. Uh, so today's episode is about Russell Wiener. He's the billionaire founder of Rockstar Energy Drinks, uh, and it just so happens that his father is named Michael Wiener, better known as Michael Savage, one of the most colorful and controversial right-wing talk radio hosts of the last 40 years. Uh, and to discuss these two uh, paragons of the American dream, we are very honored to be joined by one of the funniest podcasters around, Felix Biederman from Chapo Trap House. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm a... Uh, no, I am... I love Michael Savage. Like I'm, so we were talking about him so much before, and re going going back into him has been an amazing experience for me. <laughs> like you're right, he has more character than any other right wing pundit I can think of. Yeah, we were saying before that his like, so like every other radio conservative radio host, it's like Hannity, where it's like he's the most charismatic scab construction worker mm -hmm. who like makes his way up. It's Limbaugh who's like. Oh yeah, I'm just like a fat pill head, but like I, I've always wanted to be a radio guy because it's the coolest thing to do in like 1957 mm -hmm, when I came mm -hmm. of age. <laughs> I can just like right place, right time. I can get into this. Yeah. And then you have Michael Weiner, Michael Savage, who like has an insane childhood, gets fucked by Allen Ginsberg, mm -hmm. gets <laughs> obsessed with like herbs and roots, and his like. His life and his son's life, it's like if a conservative, an American conservative made the wall. <laughs> because it's like, it's like there are so many stages and weird traumas and shit. But it's like, because it's America, like your dad doesn't die in the war. Right. Like yeah. Americans don't die in the war. Your dad is fighting the battle of being gay and <laughs> losing like every day, all the time. I uh, very much appreciate it. Michael Savage. Like, you know, he keeps the radio wars alive. He just like recently had a tweet before Limbaugh died, mocking him for dying of cancer and complaining <laughs> about it on the air. I love when he's, yeah, when he said like, man up, when it's your time, it's your time. And it's like, hey, like an awesome thing to say for like Michael, because Michael Savage, like in his novels, yeah, he's like, I'm fighting against a demon inside me who's telling me to be gay. <laughs> But also, it's also like, yeah, I mean, like, kind of. Like, for Limbo, like, Limbo is, like, one of the worst pieces of shit ever yeah, yeah. on American radio. And, like, just no pity for anyone. Mm -hmm. it, like, clearly does not, not like a... Michael Savage isn't a true believer either, but he thinks he is. Like, he has to believe this shit so he, like, so he isn't just, like, running through every bathhouse in the world that's what he thinks he has to like do this or he's not doing that but limbo is just like a salesman he's just a sure. scumbag and he'll say whatever about like black people about single mothers about anyone and the second like 
at the end of a very long, comfortable life, he's like, oh, I'm scared. Goodbye. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, stay consistent. And at least Michael Savage is like, yeah, don't be a fucking bitch, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the tweet is uh, Limbaugh's crying about his cancer on air. Worst fifteen minutes in radio history. <laughs> <laughs> Spilled a large coffee all over counter and floor, and then all caps. I promise my audience this: I will not drag you down with me. <laughs> uh, best wishes, Rush, but stop and leave the stage with dignity. <laughs> I love him. That was great. Now, do you think that uh, the first lines of Howl by Allen Ginsberg were about Michael Savage? But so, you know, before we kind of get into the biographies of both uh, Michael Wiener and his son, Russ Wiener, I did just want to ask you, Felix, um, you know, like growing up, did you have any, let's say, memories or notable experiences about Michael Savage or listening to that program? I have a really embarrassing memory. Sure. When I was like... um... Like 12 or 13 I was like a budding like message board little lib and like everyone like it's kind of like how it is today where like people are going to post like shit that Michael Savage said so you can get mad at it like I would have never heard him anyway I would have heard like man cow but like sure. man cow never my mom would like be switching by like radio stations when I was like in the car with her and like man cow would come on and we would even then be like oh what what an idiot like <laughs> man cow's a loser but like michael savage he was always saying things that were so above and beyond what anyone else mm-hmm, would say mm-hmm. and now obviously i'm like this is the greatest man who's ever lived <laughs> but like you know back then i'm like this is disgusting i hate this guy like he's he's so such a rotten person which he is i still think he's right, like a right. rotten person but an amazing person but anyway so the like corner store near my house started stalking Rockstar, mm-hmm. and I like told the like guy behind the counter that they I was like, hey, just so you know, like this is the company of like the most evil man <laughs> in the world, <laughs> and it's very embarrassing that I did that, but yeah. that is my main Michael Savage memory. Yeah, it's uh, I was kind of the same way. I was like an annoying like liberal kid, and I, I had this idea. Oh, I want to hear both sides, so I would like listen to Limbaugh mm-hmm. and I would listen to Savage. And Savage was always so incredible to me because, like, as far as I can tell, he's the only political pundit who regularly had the dump button hit on him. On the radio. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> because, like, he would just get so, like, lathered up in these homophobic rants. And then the last, like, 15 seconds would just be, like, dump dead air. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I would give anything for the dump tape. Like, <laughs> like he, so when he was on... Like MSNBC used to be great. Yes. <laughs> MSNBC canceled Phil Donahue and Pat Buchanan because they both agreed that we shouldn't go to war with Iraq. And they're mm. like, fuck you, two old <laughs> right, right, Like, right. get out of here. <laughs> and they're like, you know who's awesome? This Jewish guy who, like, will sue anyone who says he's Jewish. <laughs> uh, and so he had a show for like three months and some, for some insane reason, they gave him callers, Yo, which is idiotic. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that is just, that is, Man, that is like, I'm going to have Johnny Cash play at my venue in 1975, and we're just going to leave like just a bowl of heroin in front of him. I mean, he can have as much as he wants or as little, but it's just there for him. And so, yeah, he like told a caller to get AIDS and die. Mm -hmm. And even in 2003, they're like, okay, we like can't do this. You're fired. 
Yeah, we have that audio drop. Uh, some of the listeners might have heard it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do remember that at the time. Yes, he lost his job for uh, telling a, a, some, a, somebody he described as a sodomite <laughs> to go get AIDS and die. I love that word. Savage. Let's go to a caller. If you have an airline horror story, give me a ring right here on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Did you have a worse case than this one? Hey, Michael Savage. Pleasure to speak with you today. Yeah. Uh, I was flying out of LaGuardia. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's two undercover security guards. Yeah. Somebody was smoking in the bathroom. Someone was smoking in the bathroom. Unbelievable. Okay. And what happened? Half hour into the flight, I need to suggest that Don and Mike take your... Because <laughs> your teeth are really All right, bad. all right. So you're one of those sodomites. Yeah. You, yeah. Are you a sodomite? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, you're one of the sodomites. You should only get Don AIDS and die, you pig. How's that? <laughs> Why don't you see if you can sue me, you pig? You got nothing better than to put me down, you piece of garbage? You got nothing to do today? Go eat a sausage and choke on it. Get trichinosis. Okay, we have another nice caller here who's busy because he didn't have a nice night in the bathhouse. Is angry at me today. Huh? Get me another one. Put another sodomite on. No more calls. I don't care. Let's go to the next scene. I don't care about these bums. They mean nothing to me. <laughs> next scene. On to the next scene on the Savage Nation. And they immediately go to commercial. Yeah, you were putting. If you see the video, it's like immediately somebody grilling sausages. <laughs> or, uh, there's a commercial for Fourth of July or some it's like, shit. It's like the next segment yeah, is yeah, some yeah. sort of sausage grilling thing. So <laughs> Savage had that on the brain, but the fact that they cut Just to like, it for like two seconds and they're like, uh, "Commercial, commercial." And amazing that they made it live. Like, yeah. there's no reason to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like they were setting him up to fail. Oh yeah, uh. like, <laughs> I like. The thing I love, I, I listened to like a bit of Michael Savage in preparation for this, and it is amazing because he's like death grips. It's like he wasn't as big as like other people, still a pretty big act, but like now everyone, everyone in that space is trying to be Michael Savage. Hmm. Like every like Zoomer with like an internet show, every like edgy conservative like wants to be him, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's like okay. Like you went to like Duke or something. Like well, you're not Mike. You're not him. You didn't live his <laughs> life. You haven't felt his pain. I wanted to ask you guys that listened to him. Then, do you think the modern like conservative pundit is trying to encapsulate what Michael Savage did? They're trying to get that real raw emotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was, <laughs> dude. He was like, no. It, it's like you can never be Michael Savage because he's like, even if you fully believe that shit, which I think, like, a lot of people are doing this now, too, mm-hmm. you're still, like, you're believing it because, like, a combination of, like, when you got on the internet and, right. like, whatever happens in your adolescence and blah, blah, blah. But he, for him, it's like, no, this is, I'm, like, fighting demons. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, like, seeing, like, uh, people, like, J.D. Vance who are like trying to do that like Michael Savage is like Amadeus compared to this yes. guy where it's like so natural and you know the, the J.D. Vance is like trying to going through experiments of like hinting at the 14 words in his Senate run but you know like a guy like this is just like he can't even stop himself if he wanted to no he like the, the thing that's insane about that clip is like I'm used to Savage like building up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it shows yeah. why he's the best because he wasn't even fully into getting pissed right, right. <laughs> he just like hair trigger like from the hip was like yeah. get AIDS and, <laughs> and like JD like if JD Vance was gonna tell someone to get AIDS he would like have to spend an entire day like doing jumping yeah just working himself <laughs> Yeah, there's a Rocky montage of him <laughs> training to say, get AIDS. I saw, I'm, yeah. I saw like J.D. Vance had something today where it's like, Alex Jones is more reliable than Rachel Maddow. And that just sort of like encapsulated why he sucks. Right. <laughs> because it's like, 
the people who listen to Alex Jones don't listen to him because he's like a good journalist. Right, right. <laughs> like they think he's like funny and like cool. Like they think it's like cool that he freaks out all the time. That's the re you're not like, oh, who's a better journalist, him or Rachel Maddow? <laughs> like that's so fucking stupid. Like he just funny. He fundamentally doesn't get it. I mean, there, there are like two ways to go, right? It's like you're either you either like you're like Drake and you can always like find the median of the moment mm -hmm. and like figure out what the meta is and roll with it and be the perfect medium point where you get the maximum amount of people or you can be like uh, sort of like a breakthrough and like capture enough of that sound but like enough of your own thing to sort of set out a different course but the third thing is the most rare where it's like you create something entirely new <laughs> and that's michael savage yeah, yeah. Right. he's death grips He's a true original. Yeah. The one other bit I remember from my childhood is I was listening to him and he was playing audio of like the sound effect of somebody urinating, basically. Like, <laughs> pss, pss, and he would go, oh, Allen Ginsberg's grave. <laughs> uh, uh, Timothy Leary. Pss. All the red diaper doper babies. <laughs> it's so it's so great for him because that would be an amazing bit if it was just like if he was just like, okay, my dad was like a watchmaker and I like was a shoe salesman until someone like heard me say something really racist and like I got a job on radio. But it's like, you were that. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. You you like fucked all those guys. Exactly, yes. <laughs> he worked. He worked for Timothy Leary. He would, made love to Alan Ginsberg. He probably fucked Timothy Leary. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so it's just like that kind of like real raw passion has to have maybe a psychosexual element that is just like missing from all these like button up, let's say like new Republicans who are trying to be Trump and they see some consultant. They're like, how do we appeal to these people that Michael Savage and Donald Trump can talk to? And it's like, no, you have to have like there has to be something going on in mm -hmm. your head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't be like, it's so sad when people try to be Trump because it's like you can try to imitate like the blood and soil shit and like the rage, but you can't get the part of him that's like, Kristen Stewart's such a bitch. <laughs> like, because you'd never think that. Like, right. you'd never, that would never be a thought that like crossed your head. You'd never spend like a week being like, what? He's so handsome and he's with this stupid bitch. <laughs> but like, like, hey, did you read the letter that Savage wrote to, um, Ellen Ginsburg? I have like an excerpt from it here. It's, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I got it. Uh, let me pull it up. I like took photos. I was so excited when I found it. I didn't even screenshot. I like took photos <laughs> of my screen, but it's okay. Dear Alan, after speaking to you on the phone about how nice the black white thing is in mountain <laughs> villages in Fiji, I walked downstairs to the school co courtyard where a little known black brother looks at me, <laughs> takes my hand gently, and we do some old world lower east side finger mm -hmm. tricks. Mm -hmm. And he peacefully kisses the back of my hand. I do the same for his hand. I told him about our brief talk, and he says, I must have felt the vibes. Uh, Michael Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like this. Uh, he was, Michael Savage was a granola hippie. I mean, he was born in Brooklyn, then he moves to, you know, uh, the village or uh, San Francisco, mm -hmm. and he's like a granola hippie there in the 60s and 70s. And then by like 1980, most people say he's what he is today, Yeah, which is like, you know, psycho conservative. Well, and before he was in San Francisco, he's in Fiji. Oh, yes. And during that time, he's learning, like, you know, Asian remedies for all the yeah. ailments. And then, you know, when he goes to San Francisco, he's a professor and then slowly goes into being a disc jockey. 
But then in that time, he's also selling like herbal life supplements as well. Yeah. And there's like photos of him from conferences because before he is the shock jock character, he's just the salesman selling like, hey, try this herb from Fiji that will help your dick be bigger or, you know, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And it makes sense that a guy that had to pitch to those people in conferences at one day was like, fuck this noise. I'm just going to talk shit about everything. I'm tired of being a button-up stooge. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fucking explode. It's like if Billy Mays at one day was like, you know what? Fuck everything. I'm going to become a, a Trump-loving fuck the liberals conservative. I love that he got his start basically in academia. Yeah. Like he yeah. just got obsessed with like ornithology mm -hmm. or, or something. And uh, he got a PhD in natural medicine. Yeah. yeah, he went to Fiji to like study kava root, right? And like wrote a dissertation on it. Yeah, and see. like in the article I was reading about him, it's like he was always he's all obviously like always like a freak of a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like around when he was at when he was in academia, he would start like that. He brought a gun to campus every day. <laughs> <laughs> he would like demand that it people is. have lunch with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Show, and, show them the gun. Yeah, this is and around after this period when he started getting on radio is when he he's written like he's one of those guys who's like, I've written 78 books. <laughs> and he says in like he says in a savage nation, actually very Trumpian. I think he did have a little bit of a mm -hmm. like influence on Trump. Mm -hmm. He says, these weren't just bullshit, but these were top of the line books. <laughs> and they're all like about, it's like how to get off cocaine yeah, by like, yeah, yeah. you know, taking yeah. herbs and shit. Right. But in the most important book he wrote is his novel that's yes. like thinly veiled autobiography. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's like, it is basically like a man's struggle with his like own homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, it's so funny. He writes this book and like, Three years before, he's like on national radio being like, if you're gay, you should fucking die. <laughs> because like the, he doesn't even like hide it. Like right. the book has it's his dad is basically in the book. Mm -hmm. He's in the book. Like at the end of the book, he dedicates it to his wife. And he's like, oh, oh, it would take a great woman to be with a man who's lived this exact life that is depicted <laughs> in all these stories. I did all this stuff because it, th there's a part like he, he you know talks about like fucking all these guys and like Fiji and shit and then when he gets back he's like trying to do wellness shit and he mm -hmm. goes jogging and he like hears a demon telling him to like go fuck men yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he breaks down and cries and not even not even T can help him <laughs> that's from that salon piece right yeah, like yeah. A 30 minute salon piece and it really is like the expose on Michael Savage at that time it's written in 2003 and it's wild because you know, this guy was huge. He was in like uh, 200 million listeners, like 400 stations. And the fact that none of this was known about him until 2003 is just like, it's something that couldn't happen today because everyone no. is so yeah. online, you know? So the fact that people went from like, I like this conservative guy too. Oh, he was in Fiji to his dad had a heart attack. He was told while jogging he's gay. Like it just <laughs> yeah. is an explosion of fucking information. And then to keep going like another like, 15 years after that <laughs> right, right like everyone like imagine like you it's like you he didn't even hide it like mm -hmm. i guess it's just like he just he's like well i've written like 98 books no one's gonna <laughs> find the book where it's like i michael savage am fighting the gay demon <laughs> like thank you to my wife for he does a duterte thing i'm no. like my wife kept me from being gay i love her but like you, i i guess the thought process back then is like it's hard for us now to think like what was the thought process before the internet? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but like i guess that's it it's like who's gonna find that yeah i think it's similar right now where people put out so much content like especially like like the ben shapiro that type of conservative where like every video you watch online even if it's like a make a fucking italian pasta there's like a shapiro suggested type of yeah. thing so the more content you have out the more people just find who you are and for savage it was those books i'm sure there's also like a group of people like also closeted and conservative who like pick up that book and read it and he's got them now for life because they're like that's oh, yeah. me <laughs> yeah 100 yeah it's you were, uh, felix you were saying he uh, he contacted the adl over that salon piece yeah the salon guy was like so like savage was like pretty like anti-semitic he yeah. like would go in on Bar barbara streisand and be like fucking like kike and like not like literally go like typical savage right, like right, right. probably they had to hit the dump button on that right. <laughs> and the guy who wrote this salon piece uh was like he's like he he outed him as jewish <laughs> it's very bad to out someone's jewish when before they're ready to come out right <laughs> a lot of suicides come from that but uh savage reported him to the adl mm -hmm. for outing him as jewish <laughs> You have to imagine the guy who worked the dump button for Savage just got carpal tunnel eventually. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, my God. So is this before 1998? Because that plays into his son's um, uh, oh, political yeah. career. His son ran for, like, uh, California State Assembly or something in 98. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I did want to just mention, because he brought up the book. So he claims to have written 44 books. Uh, you know, most of them kind of like dry academic, uh, but it, they, the titles include the 1991 book, The Death of the White Male. <laughs> uh, and you were mentioning, yeah, he wrote this three book thriller series about conservative talk show host Jack Hatfield, who's, you know, a conservative radio host who at uh, various points fantasizes about murdering his family and running away with a man. <laughs> <laughs> he also like stops various Islamic terrorist plots. Like there's sure. a there's a group called like the Hand of Allah. Or something. <laughs> it's it's that is so awesome in your book. Like that it's like you're fighting your own demon. Yeah. It's like telling you to go to bathhouses, but it's like oh, I have time to stop nine eleven. <laughs> it's such an awesome fantasy. Yeah, the I'm trying to picture him in still in academia mode. He and he's like he's submitting whatever like article on homeopathic medicine to a journal and there's like reviewer two is like giving him feedback or whether and he has all these there's so much energy of these other ideas percolating <laughs> yeah. so like how do how do you get from that to what he became i i think he could like so yeah when they talked about how he would like just act insane on campus i think <laughs> because like yeah academia like sucks i've i've like family members who are in it and it like no, it just sounds awful and it's like always been awful at various junctures for mm -hmm. like some reasons that are the same now some reasons that are different now but it's like a guy like like to succeed in academia to like for that to be your track and to make it all the way to like provost or some shit right. is like you have to like you really have to be good at holding things in and we've seen this is <laughs> that is not one of his talents <laughs> yeah it's, it's I saw someone that. someone probably his advisor is just like you're, you're not that guy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
so the books, the the three book series, thriller series on Jack Hatfield, they're called Abuse of Power, A Time for War, and Countdown to Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Countdown to Mecca uh, involves a stolen suitcase nuke as a plot device, of course. Uh, but yeah, so Abuse of Power was the first one. It tells the story of a failed carjacking that reveals a government cover-up. It's apparently based because he got like banned from the United Kingdom mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. It's a dark plot involving British officials <laughs> and a terrorist group known as the Hand of Allah. Uh, the publisher described it by saying it, uh, it will make 9-11 look like child's play. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have an audio drop of him on his radio show reading from the sex scene of Abuse of Power. So maybe we'll just play that so you can hear uh, how he wrote the sex scene in Abuse of Power. Interactions between the hero, and even his friend Tony, because that's part of their life. If they're macho men, wouldn't they also have a sexual life and a sensual life? (laughs) Would you expect them to be department store dummies? No. Jack is with this woman late in the book, and uh, they're having, uh, you know, they're really together, okay? And Jack, who liked to watch himself make love, actually fell from the bed onto the hot radiator. But like the Indian (laughs) fakirs who can be on a bed of nails without later showing puncture marks, Jack did not scorch or burn. Nothing visible remaining except a small soreness days later. Let me pause there. Have you ever read anything like that in a novel? <laughs> it's, a novel. it's original. It's not derivative. Nobody that I know of has ever written a sex scene like this. <laughs> Are you ready? I'll finish. Her cries became veritable screams as she moaned and her eyes became glassy with passion. Her screaming eventually became very threatening. Jack tried to quiet her by putting his hand over her mouth while continuing to stroke with his loins and lips. Quiet, quiet, he tried to command hoarsely. Faisal will hear you. He reached for her T-shirt and couldn't believe himself as he pressed it over her mouth, holding it down hard against her lips by pressing it against the sheets, one hand on each side of her face. Their hips were in perfect synchrony, and and she continued her cries and screams now muffled beneath the shirt as Jack made love to her as he had never made love before. Sarah bucked and arched and was in a world he could never see. Then it was over, and they collapsed onto the bed, sweating, chest heaving. Sarah rolled toward him and snaked a hand across his chest as she nuzzled his neck. Thank you, she murmured. You don't know how long you've been wanting to do that. She smiled, kissed his neck. It couldn't have been that long. We barely know each other. And I'll stop right there. Because my point is quite simple, which is this. Women only on the Savage Nation. Women only. Did you find this scene upsetting? <laughs> uh, abusive. Offensive. Should it not have been read on radio? Did you find abuse of power uh, grading? Did you think it was inappropriate for me to read it on the air? After all, I am not a liberal. Now, from a liberal, you'd expect a sex scene, but of course, it would be written by somebody with the inability to describe lovemaking. They would have to revert to the gutter. They'd have to use F words and dirty words and be like a dirty little boy which is what you would expect from uh, those on the other side of the aisle with uh, with a pen in hand. It's so, so it's so funny to just imagine, like, y- you go from Rush Limbaugh complaining about, like, the spotted owl and death panels to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know how he had fewer listeners than Limbaugh. Like, Limbaugh, <laughs> Limbaugh, Limbaugh, like, so, Limbaugh's like, well, now it's going to be like, oh, you can rap for your food stamps. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, this is awesome. Like, this is right. so. Are you uh, like, 
by the way, if you're a woman, did you like this? <laughs> is this like cool? Does this, does this seem like a guy who enjoys heterosexual sex with this? I like, I like the, I love the scene itself because it's like the woman in that scene while he's fucking her. It's like, it might as well be like a horse. Sure. Sure. Like she, it's just like, it, it, it's like, you would write that if you were like fucking a woman and pretending she was anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> there is like an air of like, God, I'm fucking good. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the amount of ego in him reading his own sex scene <laughs> yeah. is almost more like palpitating than the scene itself. He's so excited. Well, there's yeah. like be able to share this. There's also that like kind of subtle, like he never made love before. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that in the beginning where it's like he fell on the radiator, but there were no burn marks like the Indian stepping on the nail. Like what, what <laughs> physics are you describing here? Uh, there, there were burn a soreness a few days later. Why even include that? Why, 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 why did you give a shit? It is that part is so it, it it's like it show he's an artist in a way that Limbaugh isn't <laughs> yeah. like Limbaugh right, yeah. Limbaugh is like Limbaugh's like the guy who's the best at like doing caricatures mm -hmm. on the yeah, boardwalk. Complete like, Philistine compared to this. This is like yeah, this is, he's like <laughs> jumping around time frames in the same paragraph. Right, like right. okay, so what, like is he fucking this woman or like we're going to three days ahead where it's like we don't know. We don't know how good he's fucked the woman yet, but we're already talking about how like, isn't it amazing that he fell on a radiator and there's just a small bruise? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, why did we jump ahead like four days for that? <laughs> but then the sex scene itself is so is so weird. Like the dialogue after the sex scene, where it's like, yeah, uh, you have no idea how long I've been waiting to do that. We've only known each other a few days. <laughs> he's man. He's. Limbaugh is just nothing compared to him. He's fucking nobody. He's a loser. <laughs> Limbaugh could never do this. There's no. like, we didn't play it, but there was a little bit before where he's talking about like, uh, uh, you wouldn't think that I have like feelings because I'm oh, like that's a right. conservative yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> just like, no, I think you have too many feelings. <laughs> <laughs> that's your problem. He just reads his fucking sex scene on air. I urge listener, go check out Michael Savage, Abuse of Power, Jack and Sarah, Make Love by the Radiator. Because it's only got 210 views, which is criminally low when you think about it. In the world of YouTube, come on, you got to get this hits. We need to get like Zoomers into Michael Savage. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like they, Westwood One canceled his podcast this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like because of low listeners or just like he said something insane again. But it's like he should be like, it, this should be like the new thing that everyone's into. It is something that, like I mentioned, since I didn't know it then, I have to look at it with that 20 years lens. And it's so perfect of like, oh, yeah, the people were fucking animals in terms of what we're listening to on our car. Like people are driving, listening to Savage read his fucking sex book. <laughs> I'm just delivering pizzas and listen to a guy fuck a woman in a book. Yeah. Well, it's incredible to me because it's like it's really the shock jock era. It's incredible to me that he could get advertisers for this stuff. Yeah, because it's like you know I listen to like most modern right wing pundits like Ben Shapiro. You just want to slug in the face. Mm. It's extremely unpleasant. He's an annoying, you know, warmongering little uh, little worm. It was not entertaining at all. Like you, it don't enjoy. But I listen to Savage. I'm like, this rocks. Like he's I amazing. <laughs> well, it's like the only guy I can compare to Savage in terms of like his own personal demons. Yeah, is Steven Crowder. And Steven, <laughs> Steven Crowder is like a no talent. Yeah. yeah, he has nothing. Like, it's like, dude, you're fighting those. You are fighting so many demons. It's like you, your body 
is like trying to kill you. <laughs> you like once a month, you're like, oh, I'm like putting on a dress to like, oh, would Black Lives Matter like this? <laughs> it's like, so you're just like clearly like fighting some demons, but he's never achieved like this level of artistry. No. no. It, it, he's just because Steven Crowder, for all his like demons he's fighting and for all his like hate, He's still like, he's like Drake. It's like, okay, you're a fucking child actor. Yeah, you yeah. haven't really had any interesting experiences in your life. But Michael Savage, like, he walked the earth before he died. <laughs> <laughs> he tried everything. He tried everything to, like, kill that demon in his mind. And he was like, I can't kill it. I just have to, like, unleash it on the world. <laughs> Steven Crowder is just like, he's like, oh, I didn't get to become as big of an actor as mm -hmm. I could. Right. Here's, like, here's why black people are stupid. <laughs> and it's like, this sucks. Like, you suck, dude. By the way, stepping back to his um, MSNBC, like, I hope you get AIDS thing. Uh, here's a book by uh, Michael A. Weiner, PhD. Maximum immunity, how to fortify your natural defenses against cancer, AIDS, arthritis, allergies, and other immune deficiency diseases. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In that book, he says like, that to fight AIDS, we need to give like gay guys vitamin C. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he would always like it when his callers called him Dr. Savage. <laughs> there's just, there's no, like, it's so, I guess it, it's like everything, right? Like, yeah. movies are like, they there's a certain level of, like, shittiness that can't quite be. But there's also, like, a very definitive, like, middle ceiling on them. Because mm -hmm. everything's owned by, like, two or three companies and everything has to like reach the maximum amount of audience and there will never be like a level of experimentation you're just not going to see. And you see the same thing with conservative pundits. They're yes. all basically funded by like the same like four assholes. Right, right. Yep, yep, yep. And it's like, yeah, if you're like a Coke or like a Miriam Adelson, it's like, okay, let's, I'm not going to get too crazy here. Mm. I'm just going to, I'm going to have this like whiny fucking Orthodox kid or like Steven Crowder or Dave Rubin. I'm not, there's no one, I'm not going to find a guy who's like 45 and like has literally like gone to the other side of the world mm -hmm. yeah. to try to find like, like he's gone to like a tribe, right, and right. like a tribe of people and been like, please, do you have like a, a do you have like a root <laughs> that will keep me from having gay sex? <laughs> it's and they're like, try this. It's Kava. It's like cool. And he's like, oh, thanks. It's so true, though, like what you're saying there, because it's like Michael Savage is like, you know, he's he's a repulsive human, but he's a human. Yes. Whereas right, you right, see yeah, like yeah. A, yep. a guy like Shapiro, like just a worm, like you don't even, you know, they're so like cookie cutter. There's no. And, you know, again, with the movies, you go like to see a movie you want. You want that feeling of connecting with the human experience. You're going through your life and you see this like Marvel bullshit. I mean, that's not the human experience. And like the the. That humanity, these real personalities have been driven out of conservative punditry. It's so sad. And it's like, yeah, like I get depressed when we watch like Marvel movies for the show. Yeah. And I like think they're really fun episodes. But like watching the movie itself makes me depressed because it's like this is such like a smoothed out experience. Of course. It just yeah. makes me feel like shitty. Like I just ugh, I don't. It's like the it's like how you feel when you wake up after taking an Ambien. <laughs> but like we watch a lot of Christian movies too and I love that like I have the best time in the world. It, because it's like 
when you see those movies and you see how they like fuck up, it's like that's a very human error that they right. made. Mm. Like there's a boom mic visible or like there's like there's a storyline they introduced halfway through the movie that had no introduction that had no real introduction. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Our friend, our, our friend, Jerry, the soldier killed the local gay guy. And it's like, what, who are these characters? <laughs> and it, it, it's like you see the very human flaws and like you, the gulf between what they were trying to do and what they're able to do. That's like that void is humanity. Yeah, I think it's like the it's polished versus grit. Savage has grit. You can see the flaws in his fucking face and just in his life. But all these other cats, they're they're so they're just safe. That's really what it is. It's like it's almost made for the suburbs. Yeah. Can you scare the suburbs and entertain them? Then then you are what we want to pay for right now. Which is weird because you would think that more people with grit would just be like, these guys are idiots. Let me fucking do anything. But it doesn't really exist. Yeah. I don't know why. You think it's because like the money people, they just don't want something that crass. Like they don't right. want to fund that. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, Daily Wire, that's funded by the Wilkes brothers. We did an episode about them. They're like land enclosure billionaires. Yeah. They're like fracking billionaires, but they're also, they go into like Idaho and they're just, they literally just put gates on public roadways and enclose it and put private security there and say, hey, fuck you, this is ours now. Right. We know the Civilian Conservation Corps built this trail here, but this is ours now and we have more money. We own the state government. They're not going to do anything about it. You know, call the fucking local attorney general. He's not going to do anything about it. And it's like, yeah, these people are, you know, they're so evil and they fund Daily Wires, their little propaganda outlet. They don't want a guy like Savage who's going to bring more attention to them. They no. want like these these little like Shapiro and, and these other guys who are there, Michael Nolis or whatever. They're just the most boring people imaginable. They'll do your propaganda and they won't bring you unwanted attention. Mm -hmm. They want like failed actors. Yeah. That's, yeah. I've noticed so many conservative stars now are like failed actors. And it's so interesting to me because I feel like the most one of the most interesting things about like contemporary life in America and it's something there are a few things that I'm writing that I'm trying to capture this in that everyone now wants a media career mm -hmm. oh yeah it's like such an interesting like what stage are we in that we're doing that that like everyone from like the FBI agent who is entrapping like mentally ill <laughs> you know Americans to fucking like you know like a a, a, a cop who had a viral moment mm -hmm. to like people who are in high school like everyone wants this it's fucking insane it's it, it's so like it's just such a sign of like a social rot oh, and yeah. evil and so like even even this even like this thing that's very like the the wilkes brothers you can tell they're like they sit down and they make this very like evil calculation where it's like okay well like we need like 35% of the people to always like vote in our way so we can like have we can have like a Larry Craig type who's always going to allow us to like put gates on public land and like do all this shit and like we're never going to get a majority of people but we can like drive a wedge if we have this we have this like media thing that never makes money but always like activates a base and right. like, keeps people involved even when they feel disillusioned and who am I going to find for that? I'm going to find like someone who is a fail, like has always wanted a media career, like a typical American who's like bitter about it. And they'll just, they'll ride for me for like change in my back pocket. Basically yeah. I can give, yeah. I can give one of these fucking losers. Like I can give them like a, like a, a sponsorship for like, a rechargeable battery company owned by <laughs> veterans for like 70 K a quarter. Yeah. And that's like nothing to me. And I can keep like doing this until 
you know, we can buy all the land in Duluth, Minnesota for mm -hmm. when the coasts are un uninhabitable and I can repopulate the earth in my image. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you like I, I think that people doing it like Michael Knowles is like a failed actor and screenwriter. And it's like he probably knows like you have some idea that you're like being used, that you're like a fucking stupid dupe, that you're just like this. You're this little like little pawn man. For the for these these guys that run the world, but you're still like, well, I have a media career now. Right. I have an audience, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. But like, there's no, there's no like human like if someone if there was like if like George Soros had been like, hey, Michael Knowles, like in 2005, like I want you to do like a pro-choice like shock jock show, he would have done it. Yeah, all these guys would have gone the other way. There's just they just want to be famous. And Michael Savage clearly like always wanted to be famous and recognizes being like a genius. But there's he's he's doing it for like because he's fighting those demons. Yeah. And exactly. because he'd like he really before he was famous, like did develop all these unique fucked up things mm -hmm. to say mm -hmm. and developed his own voice. Meanwhile, these other people, I mean, I think the quality of sort of like being like a cipher, like a certain level of nothingness. It's like it's like the dark soul in Dark Souls. That's like that's sort of like the evil part of humanity yeah. you need to like really succeed in media. It's what makes like the best interviewer in the world is always going to be like a there's a little bit of nothingness there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Larry King, like Howard Stern. I'm like the biggest Howard Stern fan, but there's like a little bit of nothingness there. Oh yeah, and you and that's fine. There's nothing like bad about that. You just it's what makes a great actor, but you, that's a part of all of us. There's a part of all of us that always like accommodates the people around us and figures out what people want to hear and figures out the exact right thing you need to say to someone for the, for you to get things out of them if you're interviewing them. And everyone's always going to have it. It's part of being a human. It, again, it doesn't make you evil to have, but like these guys are just all darkness. They're all cypher. They're all the dark soul. Mm -hmm. You need the balance. They don't have the balance. Michael Savage had the balance. He had like, there's also like the 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 search for light. Like he's searching for like he's searching like in his own fucked up way. He's like yes. searching for love, and you can hear it in his rants and craziness. Yeah, and I think like with all these other people, like what rich people are trying to do is it's just like it's the Reagan model. Like they're yeah. trying to have all these little Reagans that they can control. Yep. who are just going to read the script and and do what they want. And of course, Savage isn't going to read the script. One of my favorite Larry King interview moments is he's interviewing uh, DJ Khaled and DJ Khaled's talking about like his come up basically. And he's like, you know, so we did this and that. And Larry King just goes, hmm. So how'd you get all the white? <laughs> Cut the bullshit. Why are you fat? And there is an air of like King is like a child in how he interviews, yes. which you need because in a, a normal person will be like, I can't just ask a guy why he's fat. Yeah. But Larry King's like, no, 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 no. You have to do this. Like, what's the first thought in my head? And right now it's, this guy seems confident, but he's a fat ass and I don't know why. <laughs> he His interview with Morrissey is like the best video online. Yeah. It's, um, he starts out the interview by being like, why is your band called the Smiths? None of you are named Smith. <laughs> 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 The, he but he like it's the best Morrissey interview ever because it's like anyone else would be thinking like how do I not like this guy's so mm -hmm. temperamental how do I get him not to walk out and Larry King's yeah. like so do you like still want to kill yourself <laughs> <laughs> and it like disarms Morrissey like Morris I love Morrissey but he's like such a prick mm -hmm. and it like totally King's like cypherness is like childlikeness 
like disarms Morrison. Yeah, because it's, it's awesome. It doesn't matter how much of an ego you have. You notice that they're not asking me because they're being a dick. They're just genuinely curious. Exactly. Like, and so it re reverts your ego into humanity where you're like, well, okay, I guess I'll explain this to you. And that is, I think Savage has that. Yeah. I have a, a few quick uh, facts here about his son and about Rockstar Energy. Uh, this is Russ Wiener, the founder of Rockstar Energy. This comes courtesy of Forbes magazine. I'll just like give a couple facts here and then we can go back if there was anything we wanted to talk about on the Michael Savage's biography himself. But uh, it should be noted, his son was born in 1970, and uh, his full name is Russell Golden Cloud Wiener. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's like, you know, he was a granola hippie when he had his kid. Uh, and Russell Golden Cloud Wiener is, according to Forbes, uh, worth $4.1 U.S. dollars as of September 2021. And that is because he founded Rockstar Energy in 2001. He sold it to PepsiCo. For three point eight five billion dollars in April twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, if you buy Rockstar Energy out there, you don't have to feel bad about supporting Michael <laughs> Savage. Yeah, you're just supporting the perfectly nice corporation Pepsi. That's right. Which is only you know engaged in uh, privatizing water <laughs> in the uh, drought-stricken global <laughs> south. So you don't have to feel bad no. about it anymore, at least. Uh, but yeah, Rockstar Energy. Uh, I guess for those who like don't know, it's uh, really always been a distant third in That's the right. energy drink market. Uh, first is Red Bull, second is Monster, and Rockstar Energy was third. It sold about, according to Forbes, uh, 851 million worth of sales in 2019. And kind of like his innovation there, like he did very little. He obviously hired somebody to make all the flavors and mm -hmm. shit. But uh, what he figured out is like Americans like soft drinks. So like, you know, Red Bull comes in those tiny little cans. Uh, Rockstar comes in these big like 16 ounce cans. So he just like sold more soda to Americans as an energy drink. And, uh, you know, it made him a billionaire. Did, did you do you have the thing in there about how the genesis of Rockstar, the first time anyone ever saw it, it was on Michael Savage's website as a liver cleanser. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. It's awesome. I love this story because like the dad's like a freak. Yeah, oh, the yeah. son yeah. is like, okay, like I'm growing up rich. Like my dad is my dad through like just Bearing his soul to the world and saying these awful <laughs> things. I'm afforded like a very comfortable, like upper yeah. class American lifestyle. But I like my passion's business. I don't have the demons my right. dad does because I'm like, even if you are Michael Savage, it's <clears throat> like everyone rich is like you're raising your kids with a certain level of like softness and comfort. And it is beautiful that Michael Savage with all his demons is like incorporating like his son clearly is like, yeah, I just I need like I need this billion dollar business idea. And his dad's like, I'll help. Yeah. All, yeah, like it's like mm -hmm. a Jewish dad still a Jewish dad. Right. They're still going right. to support their number one boy. It's well, beautiful. And from that salon piece uh, on Michael Savage, Savage says that I was raised on neglect, anger, and hate. He writes in the Savage Nation. Oh, I couldn't tell. So <laughs> <laughs> you had a normal life. But growing up with little parental approval or praise was a good thing. He says, frankly, that's why I'm driven the way I am. Mm. And with uh, Russ, his son, he does have his mom, who for the most part seems relatively normal. Yeah, she definitely drives well, the like. We uh, couldn't we couldn't find the video, but uh, somebody uh, on your replies Twitter, uh, Felix, was saying that there's a video or there was a video of Michael Savage and his wife leaving some restaurant in San Francisco and getting confronted by a reporter. And apparently, his uh, Michael Savage's wife screams something at this reporter to the effect of "Go back to communist China, you <laughs> communist." <laughs> 
Dude, that's a ride or die. It really is. Dude, yeah. I'm trying to find an evil woman like that. <laughs> <laughs> on this like uh, 15th anniversary of the Savage show, uh, his wife comes on. Uh, his This is his second wife, Janet, who we're talking about. And uh, Michael Savage is like, Janet, what do you think of the show? And she's like, oh, well, can I be honest? Or no, uh, Michael Savage goes, you can be honest. I won't get mad, I promise. And Janet very quickly just goes, yep, uh, quick to anger, quick to forgive. And that's such a telling line about Michael Savage himself that he will explode on you for like an hour, but then in 30 seconds be like, okay, so anyway, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? Yeah, that's that's what I love about him is like I've met guys like him mm -hmm. all throughout my life. Like there, there's like a certain level of like, you know, in Game of Thrones, like the Targaryen family madness. Right, right. All Jewish men have it. <laughs> like we all get it. We all get it. When we get older, it all shows up in some way. And for most of us, it's like you like cry at a baseball game for some stupid ass reason. Sure. You're like you get really into like you like do an alternate history You're like what if michael Duka michael dukakis was actually really good <laughs> and he you know my dad did it like we all do it sure just overly obsessed yeah. with with something and that, a part of that is just like hair trigger mm -hmm. and i don't know why that is but it's it's never like violent it's just like very emotional and then it's like within 20 minutes it's like have you noticed that, uh, like, pot bellies isn't as good as anybody? But yeah, no, I think that's why I have, like, a special, like, cultural affinity to him. Even though he'll, like, sue me if I'm, like, he's a Jewish man. Sure, <laughs> right, like, of course. Uh, it, it is, yeah, quick to anger, quick mm -hmm. to forgive. And yeah. I think that's probably, for young Russ, that's probably what it was like. It was, oh, like, certainly. Russ was like, oh, you know, I'm going to, like, some bullshit, like, California school. I had to, mm -hmm. you know... I had to read like the Kamba, the Kambahi River Collective Manifesto or something. And he's like, what the fuck? They're making you shit on the American flag. You're going to kill me. You're going to grow up to be a sodomite and you're going to fucking put AIDS in me. You fucking. And then like 20 minutes later, it's like, so any girls. In school? <laughs> I think like during that rant, you see Janet's the background, just like shaking her head, like silently, just like, don't. Oh, it's not that. Work. And yeah. that's why Russ is so just a business prone. He's yeah. like, I'm going to make a fuckload of money yeah. uh, instead of be a psychopath always because he's got a little bit of the balance. Um, some quick facts on Michael Savage. Uh, born March 31st, 1942. He's uh, five foot three, which oh. makes sense. That That's, yeah, no. I didn't know that. I figured like five, six, but like, dude, they used to make them small back then. <laughs> they really did. Another uh, thing at uh, Felix's replies, because you had that tweet and there was a lot of great stuff, uh, a lot of replies in there, but apparently like Donald Trump was on the phone with him and Donald Trump made fun of short people and Michael Savage told him he was going too far. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, all the shit, all the shit that Michael Savage says about everyone. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, you can't control. <laughs> That's, is there, I couldn't find any pictures of savage and trump together yeah that would be fun because it is you can't take that away from trump he is tall there's one of like uh uh trump savage and uh uh michael savage and his son i'll see if i can find it there's like a foot difference you easily trump's like six three Man, he's pretty tall trump could have been like a lineman i think so imagine yeah. savage next to his son oh is his son big his, yeah. his son is six something. I think. Uh, Baron. Oh, I, oh no, uh, Baron. No, Baron. I know yeah, Baron's Baron, huge, yeah. but I, I was like, "What's Russ's size?" Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, here it is. Uh, all right, yeah. 
I don't know. Oh, maybe it looks like Savage he's standing is wearing on lives. his tippy toes. Yeah, he's standing on his lives. Yeah, and yeah. That's uh, the son Russ and some other business he's doing man. a Sarkozy. <laughs> that's how. That's how. Like that's like that's balls by Michael Savage because it's like. Trump only hangs out with guys who are like tall. Like he, oh, yeah. that's his like stupid mm-hmm. thing is that he just loves tall men. And so it's like if he if he goes there, Michael Savage is going to be at everyone's like belt mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, I gotta go there. I have to like go there. His thing with Trump is he tried to get Trump to like protect wildlife. Like he's he was one of those conservatives who's like, no, we have to like protect elephants, even, life, though, life. even though your sons kill them. <laughs> like literally, your son's favorite thing to do is like kill those things. And he never succeeded. Yeah, he never got Trump to react mm-hmm, wildlife. Mm-hmm. life. No. Never. But he was like, he's like, no, this is. It's like it is. I compared Michael Savage to Kaitel and Bad Lieutenant, just like emotionally. But that is like that's him going to the church. That's him putting the guys on the bus. Like all this shit I've said and done, and like birthing another like evil billionaire into the world. I can undo it if I like save one elephant's life, and he can't do. He can't. <laughs> No ability to. Like, the second he tells Trump, it's just out his ears. Yeah. Trump's like, what? Right. There's nothing there. Yeah, who's that, yeah, who's that the guy de- The demons coming into play there. The demons stop. <laughs> Do the demons want to, like... It's him fighting them, I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I think it's like... I mean, like... According to him, it would be like, hey, I'm... All, I've, like, when he talked to Trump, he's like, hey, like, conservation and conservative like come from the same root like mm-hmm. we you know Teddy Roosevelt like protected this wildlife blah 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 but I really do think it's like I need to like I need to leave like something good on the marker right because like a guy that tortured like knows that he's bad yeah. you know what I mean they're like, self-aware he, yeah he like he knows that he's kind of a piece of shit <laughs> like you don't feel that bad all the time mm-hmm. and you don't know <laughs> it's kind of impossible because there is like like from the the salon piece uh, we've been referring to here, uh, one of his he grew up in the Bronx and then he went to Jamaica High School Queens. And some guy said that he was on the short side and he was intense, a fast talker, and always hatching some scheme or other. The fellow I knew was a natural comic and as reliable as a clock, mm. which doesn't really make sense. But it's also kind of like yeah, he's he's the pretty standard person if you know what I mean. Um, and then so after college or after high school, he went to Queens College to get a biology degree. And within this is as Wiener was also something of a dreamer. And he had hoped to follow in the footsteps of his hero, the naturalist Charles Darwin. Oh. And so he would go to Oahu, Hawaii, where he'd get a master's degree in anthropology and botany. And then after that, in the 1960s, like we've mentioned through 70s, he traveled to Tongo, Fiji and other South Pacific island nations to study traditional herbal medicines. Um, around this time, he would marry his wife, Janet, uh, but he had been divorced from Carol Eli. for He was married to her for three years and then got divorced and married this, this lady, Janet. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> Just knowing this guy's personality, I have no idea why he would go through a divorce. And so, like, during that time in Fiji's when he may or may not have fucked Allen Ginsberg, he probably fucked him, let's be There's honest. There's supposed to be a photo on. of them skinny dipping yes, together. right. There's a photo of them skinny dipping in Fiji, which... Thinking about 1970s photo technology and the fact that someone's like, hey, they're skinny dick week. Let me take a photo. Is You just must have been in just fucking gay orgies at that yeah. time. Um, it's, I'll put it this way. like I don't think many people like traveled across the world and met Allen Ginsberg <laughs> and were like, oh, I'm into this guy and like didn't fuck him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It's like that wasn't a thing. You you didn't like go up to that line and be like, all right, see, good to meet you. Right, right. It's not like meeting a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> You have to get the full experience. 
Um, it's like when people would do Doug Walker's shitty bits to him, mm-hmm. and yeah. you'd have to be like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then uh, in 74, he goes to San Francisco. His family lives in Fairfax, and Savage on his show would describe it as unfair facts. Oh, <laughs> damn. Hometown of Taliban rat boys. <laughs> yeah, John, John Walker, Walker. Lind. Uh, and then he made trips to San Francisco and started hanging out with North Beach literary scene. Um, Apparently also, we mentioned it earlier, but around 67 when he married his current wife, Janet, he, uh, uh, Timothy Leary hired him to work on the Hitchcock Cattle Company estate in Millbrook, New York. Uh Apparently, Leary hired him because Savage did not use LSD, and I guess, you know, whatever he was doing up there... He wasn't cool, man. He was probably making LSD for the CIA or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, it is just kind of like a weird, again, psychosexual thing where it's like, he seems to hate Allen Ginsberg and Timothy Leary a yeah. lot mm-hmm. for, you know, being ex-boyfriends or whatever the case might have been. Yeah, it's he hates them in a way, like, it's because there are other people from the hippie movement. Mm-hmm. And like, how many of Savage's listeners would even know who Allen Ginsberg is? It, it, I don't know. Yeah, probably it, none of them. It's like Savage's listeners were like, it's like the typical conservative radio listenership, where it's like, it's like some of the people who voted for Reagan on the Upper East Side who probably <laughs> like probably know who he is. It's like some some like you know Missouri pig people who like. You know, to have like have a golf course where it's like no sagging your pants. <laughs> One of those signs up in every bar they go to, and it's like they probably don't know who that is. It's truck drivers. That's like the this like I'd say the biggest characteristic difference between conservative radio and like conservative media now is the class component of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there would yeah, there's like truck drivers and shit that would listen to Limbaugh and stuff, and it's like they don't know either. Yeah. So it's like he's mainly it's like for him mainly. They'll know who Timothy Leary is because Timothy Leary is like a big like cultural figure, but mm-hmm. like Ginsburg not as much. And it's like you could talk about Abby Hoffman, you could talk about the Weather Underground. And he did talk about these guys, but not like it wasn't like a personal hatred in the same way. Mm-hmm. This was these were people who he had, let's just say, some type of relationship with. Right, right. And you know, just a classic huckster is how the salon piece paints him at this time, where he's like carrying a gun all the time, forcing people to get dinners with him, and then like writing books about the benefits of herbal, herbal remedies and then also selling them. So it's not even like it, you know, the books I think in the beginning are a vessel for the things that he's trying to sell. And then the show becomes a vessel for the books. Like it's not like they one necessarily goes to the other, but you can't fact check everything. No one's going to listen to hundreds of hours of radio show, read all of the books and then check all the ingredients. And that is what begins him being like, fuck this leftist world that is San Francisco and the granolas. I'm going to become the most aggressive uh, radio host. And in this, it talks about a poet that knew Ginsburg that said that, uh, um, Michael Savage had dreamed of becoming a stand-up comic in the mold of Lenny Bruce, and they talked of doing a comedy routine together. And that's like, you know, when you come come to the modern-day uh, conservative pundits, they're failed actors. Michael Savage is a bit of a failed comic. He right. would never become that guy, but he was fucking perfect. I dis- I think he could have been, like, I honestly think he could have been very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, like, because there was clearly, like, some level of, like, he is one with his emotions when he's performing. Mm-hmm. He I, is a performer. Right, certainly. No, he. I think that he's definitely 
an outstanding performer. But in San Francisco in the 70s, for him to do what he was trying to do, people were like, this isn't it, man. But yeah. he perfected it. Yes. He went, fuck that noise. I well, know he, this is He good. bombed for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's 10,000 hours. <laughs> I, here's it's kind of what inspirational. I, what I think is so interesting about this article is that one of the guys who knew him, who's like, oh, Michael's a piece of shit. Very interesting. This guy named Stephen Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Stephen Schwartz, for people who are neocon watchers like me, Stephen Schwartz is, yes, yet another former trot, former SDS, uh, who became a founder of FDD, uh, Foundation for Defense of Democracy. Right. And I found it very interesting. I found it very interesting because this is sort of about like Jewish boomer identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And for Savage, I think it's very conspicuous that all his books, all his works like pre-politics are about cleansing. Yeah. They're about purging. Mm -hmm. They're about breaking addictions. Right. And it's like he wants to wash away this stain of like sort of like frou-frou like middle class radicalism through a cleanse. Yeah. He wants to fight his own. He wants to cleanse his demons. He wants to get sober from this. He, He through the act of reduction, he is going to become the man he is supposed to be. And that but then you have a guy who kind of feel, feels the same thing. This guy, Stephen Schwartz, who <laughs> yep. thinks he's so different from Michael Savage, who thinks he's so much better than him. And he is doing this through addition. He's like, no, what if I take Trotskyism and I add like, I add all these <laughs> right. elements and boom, I have neoconservatism. <laughs> and it's like, I'm normal now. Yeah, I'm yeah. not like screaming and crying on the radio. I'm not like fighting demons. But it's like, no, you are the demon. Yeah, exactly. It, like even the whole rock star will clean your liver. Like yeah. that is screams to the purging of like the de- you know, the, the badness inside of you because that market of there's shit inside of you that's bad and I can get it out is a trillion dollar industry. Like, you know, there's nothing about that. But that's that's the generational shift because Michael Savage's like things are you have to cleanse, you have to purge, you have to reduce, mm-hmm. you have to break down everything around you. You have to take the oils that surround your body and break them down and wash them off. And then you can be you. Right. right. And you is correct. But the son who's making things for millennials and like Xers and shit, it's like, no, you're like, fuck, you need new things. <laughs> you're like, you're basically like, you're operating at half capacity. Yeah. You don't have yeah. Toronto. Yeah. What the fuck? You don't have chlorine. <laughs> you fucking bitch. Like, you know, right. you need, you need new things. Mm-hmm. Like you, you suck and you always have to keep adding new things. And if you don't, like, if you don't, you're not like, if you don't drink all this soda. Right. Good luck getting a promotion. <laughs> good luck being good at sports. By the way, um, just a note: in 2013, uh, according to this Politico article, after um, Janet Weiner uh, testified to the Senate about the safety of Rockstar, <laughs> they say uh, FDA last year reported 40 illnesses and five deaths linked to Monster Energy, and 13 illnesses and two lasting disabilities linked to Rockstar <laughs> oh Energy. Yeah. Imagine if you were like, I don't want to like. I'm going to bet that the guy who got disabled from Rockstar was a veteran. Because <laughs> those are like, I know, I know, I knew like veterans back when I lived in the Midwest. And it's like, they love, yeah. that was a group of people that yep. loved Rockstar. Me and my friends, were mo- me and my friends, we were monster boys. You know, I'm still a monster mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. Cause you're a veteran. You're fucking with Rockstar. <laughs> and it's like, imagine you're in like fifth special forces or some shit and you survive like, you were like in SWAT Valley like 20 years ago. You're like, you've done all this shit. And it's like, you get back. There's like nothing physically wrong with you. And then you're just like, you're in the VFW, like in a wheelchair. And they're like, oh, IED. And you're like, not exactly. Like, <laughs> not really isn't what happened. 
I wanted to just like say a couple things about Rockstar because it is so funny that he was selling this as like a cleansing yeah. uh, juice on his website or whatever. So he sold it to Pepsi in April 2020. Pepsi has apparently changed the formula probably to like make it kill people less. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. There's on Wikipedia, the last time I looked this up, I don't know if it's still there. There's a, a, a sentence to the effect of there have been numerous fan complaints about te- Pepsi changing the yep, formula right. and making the flavor worth. And, and then it says citation needed. I'm like, Russ Wiener wrote that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, I mean, I, I to prepare for this episode, I got some rock stars and they didn't taste that. I mean, I'm also a monster, but they didn't they did not taste up to snuff in my estimation. Well, I, I, I did. I used to like in a pinch. I drank it. I remember when I was like 20, me and my friends were like, you know, the it was like, we're going to listen to Tyga and like <laughs> drink as much energy soda as possible. And right. like smoke camel crushes and shit <laughs> and it was like at the time i was like "Ooh, this is pretty fun because it's like it, it tastes a little bit different from monster right but like i do want to try it again i do want to because i do feel like yeah that's that's the final thing is that russ is making something for his audience where it's like no this may kill you but it's like you're gonna be a rock star that's right <laughs> <laughs> he's like no we like can't like we can like give people diabetes over the course of like 40 years we can't like instantly kill them I'm like, yeah. no uh, and then just a couple other things Rockstar original was named the worst energy drink by men's health magazine for having 280 calories due mm-hmm. to 67.5 grams of sugar and then from eatthis.com, they quote Jessica Mason, who's the founder of Kitchen Habit. She says, quote, a large can of Rockstar contains as much as 59 grams of sugar, which is the equivalent of 15 teaspoons. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. And like 275 milligrams of caffeine. Right. Yeah. Like Bang, Bang should probably be taken off the market. Bang's 300. It's mm-hmm. not that much further sure. ahead. Oh now, I, I looked at I looked at Janet Weiner's uh, statement to the Senate Commerce Committee, yeah. and she says that ounce for ounce, actually, uh, Rockstar doesn't have as much caffeine as Starbucks Pike Place blend. Mm. Mm. OK, yeah. OK. You know, I actually have a theory about the whole Pepsi ruining the Rockstar brand because I used to drink Rockstar juice when I worked at a grocery store. Mm. And I, I remember went on, that shit. I went on a road trip recently and I tried it and it was disgusting. And I was like, this is fucking weird. So I looked at uh, pissedoffreviews.com on Rockstar <laughs> and everyone is like, the new formula sucks. It's terrible. But for me, the, the reason Pepsi spent the money they spent on Rockstar is because Red Bull is its own thing. But I think Coke owns Monster yeah. and Pepsi wants their foot yeah. in the door on energy drinks. But Pepsi's not going to prop up Rockstar. They're going to probably take the flavors and put it in some Mountain Dew energy drink. Absolutely. Yeah. And so they to do that, they have to whittle down the Rockstar fans by, by you know, poisoning the well, if you will, here. And it's kind of genius because, yeah, why would you buy a company and then make them more profitable? You already own it. Who gives a fuck? By the way, one last note. In 2013, after the uh, Senate investigation into energy drinks, mm-hmm. Rockstar hired the Podesta Group to lobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Dude, coming together, coming together. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I love this. You know, we, Rockstar tried to heal division. That's right. They really did. Obama divided, the Obungler divided <laughs> us. But Rockstar was trying to, like, bring us together. That's right. Um, I like, so, like, Rockstar, obviously... Savage Family Project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, 100%. Now owned by Pepsi, like wicked in its own way. Red Bull from the Netherlands. We're going to assume it was founded by like descendants of the founders of the Dutch East India Company. <laughs> right. like, yeah. How yeah. can you not, of course, assume that? It would be cool if Monster was like, we just, and I know, like, don't, no one, none, no listeners correct me. No one <laughs> tell me, like, oh, it's like, yeah, it's owned by Coke. Yeah, I know it is. 
what if that was the one where it's like, oh no, this is like bottled, made and bottled in like Rajava. <laughs> this is like community owned. Right. It's right. like the one good one. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love because it's like, man, I bought so much monster in my life. I fucking love monsters. It's Vill villagers it's so good. And pick the monster plants that they lovingly <laughs> grow. Monster is is funding and arming uh arms uh <laughs> feminists. Uh, battle groups in Rojava. <laughs> it would the, be the basest thing possible. It would be so cool, and that's like that's like why Turkey wants that territory. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's like we need like we have this like we have all this public debt. Like we have this high unemployment. Like yeah. no one's buying our textiles. We need monster. <laughs> right. Like we need monster. We need like the monster plants that grow in Kurdistan. <laughs> I thought it, it might be interesting. I have the photo of a back of a monster can. I think this is the old ingredients, but I'll just see if I can pronounce all the ingredients. Or sorry, this the back is rock of a Rockstar yeah. can. By the way, the leaf, it's that M shape. Yeah. Uh, the so monster. the ingredients in a Rockstar are the triple filtered carbonate water, sucrose, glucose, citric acid, taurine, natural and artificial flavors, sodium citrate, caffeine, caramel color, uh, benzioic acid, sorbic acid, L-carnitine, uh, insotol, uh, niacinamide, calcium pantheonite, milk thistle extract, guarana seed extract, panax ginseng root extract, riboflavin, uh, peroxidine, hydrochloride. Natural ingredients. Yeah, and uh, cyanocobalamine. So those are the ingredients hmm. in a rock star until up until Pepsi changed the flavor. We also were about extracting like 70% of those ingredients in Afghanistan. <laughs> so we were doing over there. We were making rock star. <laughs> God damn, that's so much shit. That's that's why the British media BBC was freaking out because they just drink nothing but rock star over there. <laughs> that is I don't know if that's true, but it feels true. Yeah, that true. They're, they're like they're so fucked up that they're like, no, this is the good energy. Right. <laughs> It's the worst one. They know that the Taliban's gonna like burn all the rock star fields. <laughs> oh man. I was I was in the UK and it was like that was like probably the most unhappy I've ever been on tour. Like I, I love Manchester. Manchester's awesome. Mm -hmm. London is like the most unhappy I've ever been. London's <laughs> fucking evil, dude. It's I felt awful all the day, all the time over there and like their flavors of Coke Zero, it's like this like fucked up like raspberry flavor. <laughs> Like, yeah, man, that is a fucking that is a place without God. Hell is just <laughs> hell. You know, I don't believe hell is like fire and brimstones. That's like a mm -hmm. modern sure. invention. It's a place without God. It's London. Hell is London. <laughs> it's the worst fucking place I've ever been. I've been to some hopeless places in America. Right, right. I've been to you know, even Trump could not bring the jobs back to these places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They would. It didn't feel as bad as London feels fucking bad. I think it kind of goes back to what we're saying about the pundits. It's too polished. Yeah. It's too sterile. You know but, what I think about? It's like, uh, have you ever been to like a lens crafters? They have like that sterile room where it's yeah. like, we're not scientists, but we're making glasses. And anytime I'm in a place like that, I'm just kind of like, you, I don't know what this needs to be, but it doesn't have to be this clean. You guys can fucking relax. No, you need germs. You need germs. Exactly. Yeah. Well, in 2015, uh, Roberto Saviano, who's the author of Gomorra, he's like he's hunted by the mafia hmm. because he uh, he wrote these very accurate books about the drug trade. But in 2015, he said London is now the global money laundering center for the drug trade. What? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like, you know, the I was of HSBC. Was, 
Yes. <laughs> it was very confusing to me. I was like, why are the British so much angrier about anybody else about us withdrawing from Afghanistan? It's like, yeah, because London finance yeah. is like propped up mm-hmm. by the drug trade and exactly. laundering that money. Oh, yeah. I mean, like it, the, you, you just kind of notice when you like look at as many, uh, I guess, money laundering cases as we've done here. Yeah. It always comes back to London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically the city. Yeah. 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 It's on the upper whenever I'm on the Upper East Side, I like like it because there's like a familiar evil to like a very like American <laughs> evil, you know, where it's like, oh, these are all like mummies who right, like voted right. for Reagan yeah. and like reluctantly <laughs> voted for Trump. Like it's an evil place, but it's like it's like it's like if a guy in a Dracula costume came out to scare you and was like, <laughs> and it's like I see people there and it's like, man, even if you did profit from 9-11, like you're just a fucking old man. Yeah. And like there and like every time I'm in the Upper East Side, I do see like at least one thing that's like eyes wide shut evil mm-hmm. that like just like in the corner of your eye. Like I last time I was there, I saw like. There was a girl in like a wedding dress sitting in front of like a store with like closed scaffolding like on her knees crying and her friend just standing over her and i was like what the fuck <laughs> what i don't see this happen anywhere else. right right but it's like i guess for me i'm like well this is american evil i know what it is even when i don't know what it is i know what it is yeah. and it's like i understand it this like sort of bad feeling i get i kind of like it her friend's you know? just waiting for her to stop yeah <laughs> yeah but like I guess in London, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not English. So when I felt very evil, I was like, Ugh. even though it's like, you know, it's the same thing. It's like the British. They're all, they're all, they're all laundering money and profiting off 9-11 yeah. and shit. Sure. But like, I guess I just, you know, our evil feels better to us. Mm-hmm. It's like the British office versus the American office. That's it's right. yeah. different, but the same. Yeah. Uh, and so just a couple other things on Michael Savage. Then we start his son here. Um, uh, well, first off, I guess he like got his start by he was trying to write these right wing books and then he just sent a demo tape of himself to like 250 radio stations yeah. of him just like screaming in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And yeah, finally, he found uh, one that would uh, would take him on. And, you know, for those who don't listen, like he has a lot of catchphrases like he calls Rush Limbaugh hush bimbo. <laughs> he, calls, he always refers to the red diaper doper babies. He refers to third world nations mm-hmm. instead of third right. world nations. The intro talks about how the Michael Savage show show contains adult content, adult language and psychological nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then like I remember reading about this at the time uh, when he would like he would do live shows like you know like 2004 2005 like around the time of the or, you know just after the Iraq war right. started he would at his live shows play the video of Nick Berg getting beheaded with like the screams and everything oh my you know oh my so god like one of the most horrifying <laughs> videos I've ever seen you're a veteran truck driver <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Fallujah bed or something. Yeah, seriously. Oh my god! In uh, in 2016, Michael Sa- or 2006, Michael Savage said on the topic of Muslims, "quote They say, oh, there's a billion of them. I say, so let's kill 100 million of them. <laughs> then there will be 900 million of them. Jesus I mean, would you Christ. rather die? Would you rather us die than them?" And uh, you know, in addition to like the thing that he got in a lot of trouble for, where uh, he. Uh, you know, talked about autism being fake. He also talked about like, oh, that's the one he got in trouble for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Is crazy that like in 2006, like you could say that, like yeah. you could just be like, we need to kill like 
just like 10 percent of muslims and mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. yeah you can still like yeah like fucking like yeah brisk iced tea will still advertise on your show yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah so he got in trouble for saying autism is fake the kids are just 99 percent of the time the kids are just brats who need to be told to cut mm-hmm. it out and then in 2014 he also said ptsd among veterans is fake that's right yeah he said, uh, quote, everyone has depression in their life, but if the whole nation is told boo hoo hoo, come and get a medication, come and get treatment, talk about mental illness, you know what you wind up with? You wind up with Obama in the White House and liars in every phase of the government. That's what, that's what you wind up with. It's a weak, sick nation, a weak, sick, broken nation, and you need men like me to save the country. <laughs> that's right. never been in the military. Incredible. You need men to stand up and say, stop crying like a baby over everything. No wonder we're being laughed at around the world no wonder isis can defeat our military unquote <laughs> oh my god so, yeah i mean he's a, a incredible mind michael savage that's man someone needs to stand up and say something <laughs> <laughs> i love him i can't yeah it's like i like i used to get so mad about it. like i was like this guy's disgusting and now it's like no he's dude he's just him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just gotta let him be him <laughs> He should get on Patreon. I'm my yeah. idea, my ideal. I want to do like a series of interviews where I like. First, I want to interview Judge Joe Brown. Yeah, my favorite guy yeah. in the oh, world. Oh, he rocks! It, him in Buck Breaking was so good. He was so good in that movie. He was involved in the Martin Luther King assassination trial, the trial yeah. where they found there was a conspiracy. Judge yeah. Joe Brown, you can see videos of him talking about it. Yeah, I want to like do an. Inter- I wish like our subreddit still existed because I want to do an interview with him that's like four hours long where I don't challenge anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like want to do that with Michael Savage. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I want to do just like interview like old guys who like they're the last guys who like believe their type of conservatism. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like talk about how like the U.S. military needs men like you. Yeah, just go ahead. I'm not going to interrupt. I'm not going to challenge anything. Let's let's hear about he's, it. He's the, awesome. the Nixon tapes. <laughs> so Michael Savage, the guy we were talking about for this entire hour, this is the dude who raises uh, Russ Wiener, the mm. billionaire we're actually covering today. But boy, his dad is a fucking cornucopia of information. I love that guy. Um, but to go on to Russ Wiener's childhood, we got some more from Sean. Yeah, so like Russ Wiener is actually mostly kind of avoided the press, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he did—he finally granted, I believe, his first interview, like since his political campaign to Forbes magazine in 2014. He grants it to Abram Brown of Forbes magazine, and the guy writes a hit piece on him. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's like it's kind of the theme with Russ Wiener and Michael Wiener, and apparently his grandfather, because you know Michael Savage talks about his grand his father abusing him. Right. It's basically all like father like son like grandfather. Yeah. Like just a quote from this 2014 piece about Russ Wiener from Forbes magazine. Quote. One former executive says Wiener pays his lieutenants well and has to, given how difficult he is to work with. A few managers recall such legends as the groom reduced to tears on his wedding weekend after a call from Wiener and and the executive forced to fire people on Christmas Eve to please the boss. Uh, Quote, character assassination, says Wiener. Rockstar is a Jewish company. (laughs) Christmas Eve is another day. Like, fuck it. My family... Is one of those Jewish families who enjoys Christmas. It's still just another day. Yeah. I'm doing emails on Christmas. <laughs> right. It's not a religious day for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're and, grinding when everyone else is celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Like we've talked about a lot on this podcast, like Forbes, most billionaires, they'll give a self-made score like out of 10. 
And so, like, the basic story of how Russ Wiener got the money to found Rockstar is he took a $50,000 mortgage on his condo, and then it's like, oh, how do you get that condo? Nobody will tell you. His right. fucking right. dad yeah. bought him his condo. His dad, like, screamed at him about, <laughs> about like, the NBA being, like, the professional thug league. <laughs> and, like, and, like, cried on a phone call for 45 minutes and was like... <laughs> Anyway, Russie, you just graduated UCLA. You need a place to stay. Buy you a condo. But yeah, Forbes gives uh, Russell Wiener an eight out of ten self-made oh. score. Okay, oh, good for oh, him. Nice. Yeah. Good for him. But yeah, uh, one former employee says, "Quote: Russ is a very hard guy to work for, and without the right guys, the company can't grow well." You know, there's like uh, the article, uh, the 2014 Forbes article speculates about like why. Rockstar was a distant third place and there's a few different reasons but one of it is like the guy's a fucking psychopath mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to work for this person um, and so the uh, the interview continues just uh, one other excerpt before I start like the actual chronological uh, the interviewer Abram Brown meets him on his 161 foot yacht the blind date <laughs> Uh, in uh, in Manhattan, it was soon after rechristened Rockstar, and later it was crushed by a bridge in Miami. <laughs> uh, yeah, he meets Wiener, his parents, his girlfriend, and a ten person crew in Manhattan's Chelsea Piers for a week's vacation. And then uh, Russ Wiener says, "quote I get very depressed going out in Manhattan because there wasn't any rock star anywhere. You yeah. can't find it. Uh, Same, dude. Yeah, yeah. not because yeah, it's it true. Was, <laughs> not because it was sold out, but because it's seldom sold at all. His larger competitors, Red Bull and Monster, have utterly swamped his brand." Wiener blames the stores, quote, they're saying they don't need anything more. His rivals unyielding grip on the market, quote, it's hard for us to break through and brand loyalty that seems out of his control. Quote, how do you shift someone from one thing to basically the same thing? Uh, quote, you get more than a faint sense of victimhood. Uh, just a, a tip for our listeners. If you're in Manhattan and looking for a rock star, you have to go to a Target. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, none of the bodegas have them. No, well, they can't afford the shelf space. They listen to me. <laughs> like, dude, like all that time ago, that guy contacted all the other bodega owners and was like, this is the most evil man in the world. <laughs> you can't have Rockstar. It worked. I, I changed the world. Mm -hmm. But it is like, I mean, it is incredible to me, like how much the same person these all are, where it's like every problem with Rockstar, like why you can't find it in Manhattan is somebody else's fault. Yeah. He's yeah. The, at this time running the company and it's always somebody else's fault. And he literally, he sounds like his dad too, where it's <laughs> mm -hmm. like, it's hard not to develop a victim complex. Right, right, right. Uh, like to say that in like a business publication. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Russell Golden Cloud Wiener is born uh, 1970 in California. He rent, went to Redwood High School in Marin County. Uh, and then, like, you know, another thing we've noticed, all these fucking billionaires have their own, like, childhood entrepreneur bullshit mm -hmm. story. Uh, Russ Wieners is he founded his own yard service company when he was eight years old. Uh, as a teenager at 15 years old, Wiener also worked at a Wendy's drive through window. Mm. And that's like, you know, they have to have something of them working right. in their lives before it's like, yeah, my dad gave me a loan and I, like, bought a flavor from, like, a guy who designed them for Sky Vodka, basically. It would be awesome being like a young Russ Wiener working at the Wendy's drive-thru when, <laughs> when, when your dad comes in. Right, right. <laughs> Rossi. Yeah. Your dad comes in and like orders like lobster bisque to like prove some stupid point. Like tries to go through the window to fight the cashier. 5'3", standing out there. <laughs> he would fit through actually. Yeah. Right, yeah. He would get it. He would just, it would be like... Those Sable videos I like when they're jumping through like right. a window. 
Uh, but yeah, so Russ Wiener, after like apparently the only job he's ever had at a Wendy's drive-through window, uh, he gets a degree in poli sci from San Diego State. He uh, hawked spring break trips to Cancun and Honolulu to high school students, and then at age 28, he followed his uh, talk radio bomb thrower father uh, into conservative politics and made a doomed run for the California State Assembly seat. And I believe uh, Andy, you had a bit of research on his 1998 run. For California State Assembly? Uh, yes. Yeah. The best source I got on it was uh, smartvoter.org, mm-hmm. um, run by the League of Women Voters. Um, <laughs> the If you go to smartvoter.org, you'll get redirected. Um, I, I guess the, the main website isn't there anymore, but if you go to smartvoter.org slash 1998 June slash CA state vote Weiner R, they still have his campaign um, uh, information page. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. And so it says here, this information is provided by the candidates. We've got biographical highlights, party, Republican, occupation, consultant, producer, and then third bullet point, Redwood High School. (laughs) Fourth bullet point, San Diego State University, BA Political Science, fifth co-founder of the Paul Revere Society with radio talk show host, Michael Savage. So he's he's basically name dropping his own father as though he's not his father. Right. Yeah. Like he's just friends with a famous man. Um, top priorities if elected end bilingual education, promote, <laughs> promote intensive English courses, um, save prop 13, keep a cap on property taxes and uh, environment, protect old growth, redwood forests. Uh, key endorsements. First one. Uh, Radio talk show host Michael Savage. <laughs> Second, Shannon Reeves, president of Oakland NAACP. Oh. Third, How did that yeah, happen? Yeah, I, I, have, I tried to find out. I couldn't find anything. Um, uh, third key endorsement, my mom. That's, I mean, like the NAACP, I mean, like this is, Russ has always tried to like stop the division in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna run a racist campaign, but get endorsed by the local NAACP. <laughs> That's like, no, dude, he's trying. Yeah. He's fucking mm-hmm. trying. It's possible the guy, the uh, Shannon Reeves, was like an old college friend or something. Yeah, something yeah, like sure. that. Yeah, the, um, the Paul Revere Society is just. I looked at that a little bit, and it's basically just Savage's slush fund. Oh yeah, yeah. And they actually got, um, they, the IRS sued them <laughs> for uh, tax evasion. Yeah, in, in his, um, apparently during the debate, he waved his um, his Paul Revere Society card, <laughs> the card for the society that he created his dad, with his dad, and then in 2006, it lost its uh, tax exempt status. <laughs> yeah. And according to this blog post in the Daily Kos, which uh, was written by someone named Jewy, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but it's still up with a disclaimer that the editorial um, uh, or that it was not edited by people on the Daily Coast. But hmm. it cites actual like um, uh, nonprofit uh, tax returns. Uh, the expenses that they list include one thousand nine hundred forty eight in rental cars, ten thousand one hundred eighty one dollars in bank fees, three thousand six hundred ninety nine in entertainment uh <laughs> security service $85,154 in fundraising solicitations oh, right. $8,653 for internet services uh yeah, eight, internet costs $8,000 of course yeah yeah uh 19,984 in office expenses um 
4,500 for telephone service, 9,000 and quote outside services, uh, 520 in travel, 13,000 in postage. And 3,000 in storage. How much are you mailing? $13,000? Yeah. So he's, he's also got some policy papers yeah. uh, on, on smartvoter.org, uh, which is a very, it's his policy paper on traffic. Um, it's about four sentences. Uh, Highway 101, widen from Santa Rosa to San Rafael, light rail system, yes. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. What a progressive. <laughs> More ferry terminals. That's how we got the NAACP endorsement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More ferry, ferry terminals. Nice. And then, um, his, by the way, the, the capitalization is all over the place on his official campaign uh, literature. Uh, and then his education policy paper, again, bilingual education, eliminate, uh, promote intensive English courses, give immigrant children a real chance to succeed in America, one language, one nation, unity. <laughs> <laughs> Teachers, higher standards and higher pay, parental rights, yes. School districts, keep them locally controlled. That's in bold. Um, Stop the dumbing down of our children. Kids need to spend their time learning, reading, writing, arithmetic, not the agendas of special interests. So he he actually won the Republican primary. Um, I'm sorry to keep throwing numbers, but the the vote count here is great. So there were three candidates. One was uh, Pastor Peter Romanowski. Mm. He got 5,018 votes. The second place... Uh, this guy Sullivan, he got 13,958 votes. And then Weiner got 13,963 votes. <laughs> you won by five. Wow. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. It's a savage nation, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he lost in the, in the general. And uh, Michael Savage blamed anti-Semitism. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, what a great family. Yeah, apparently he got uh, 30.5% of the vote uh, in this run Mm -hmm. in the general election. And later he would donate, I think, like, he tried to donate a bunch of money to Gavin Newsom, Russ Wiener did, and Gavin Newsom had to return the donation Mm -hmm. because of inflammatory comments he had made during his (laughs) 1998 run. Um, But yeah, like, so according to Forbes magazine, the campaign did catch the eye of uh, Michael Savage's friend's uh, friend, Maurice Canbar, Mm who is the founder of Sky Vodka. Uh, He quickly hired Russ Wiener to work for Sky Vodka after this loss here. And uh, he says, uh, oh, yeah, Russ Wiener says to Forbes, quote, he saw I had the guts to stand up with the American flag (laughs) (laughs) and people cursing my name. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do like so. the, the general story is like, uh, basically, uh, Russ Wiener is working for Sky Vodka from, I think, like 99 to 2001 or so. Uh, uh, Forbes says Wiener suggested that Sky develop its own energy drink. Uh, Maurice Canbar was not that interested. Uh, so Wiener quits. And then quoting from Forbes, his breakthrough was thinking cheaper and bigger. A 16 ounce can usually reserved for beer at two dollars, the price of an eight ounce Red Bull and other rivals. Uh, before taking out the $50,000 mortgage on his condo, Wiener rented a computer at Kinko's where he designed the logo mm-hmm. and engaged flavor companies, which worked uh, for free, he can- he claims, because of his connection to Canbar, to develop recipes. He went through 700 varieties before <laughs> finding one slightly sweeter than Red Bull, but packing the same punch, 80 milligrams of caffeine. 
And it's, you know, I mean, it's funny, like occasionally you'll hear him refer to as the inventor of Rockstar. Sure. Literally, he just went through the Rolodex of yeah. Sky Vodka, yeah. like contacts mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, send me your flavors. Yeah. I will I will pick one I like and use my dad's money to launch this company. The other thing I read was that his the brand of Rockstar would feature the concept of fast recovery time of those who lead a very exhausting life from being an athlete to a rock star. The company has a very clear image of its target audience. Uh, and it, the, the, basically, the main thing is I'll make a cheaper Red Bull. I think that I can convince Americans that a Red Bull that's cheaper would work. And he wasn't wrong. A Las Vegas-based energy drink that appeals to the rock star in you. Yeah, that's going to work. Yeah, and as we mentioned earlier, like the 16 ounce cans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, there's like, more of it. Right, yeah. right. That's guy, a, like, I think Americans will actually yeah. respond to that. Right. No, he's, he's, he's Michael Bloomberg's arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I've got one last thing from his campaign that I forgot to mention. Yes. Uh, on campaign, or campaign contact information, he lists his website as uh, www.goldfever.com <laughs> slash belly slash assembly slash rust.htm, <laughs> which now if you go to Gold Fever, it's, um, it's a hair extensions website. Hmm. Oh, no. But Ooh. uh yeah. We sold the website with a pretty lady. Uh but in uh nineteen ninety eight racist, but more slaves. It's like <laughs> it's like a how to make websites website <laughs> with links to learn HTML. Oh. Well, he was wild. helping people. Yeah. 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 He's always tried to help That's right. people. That's right. He's he's good to his core. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he doesn't have the demons his dad has, and he legitimately they both want to make the world better. Yeah. Have they made the world better? No. <laughs> Are they trying Sort of. One is, dude, he at least taught people how to make websites. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. more than a lot yeah. of people have done. But so we have audio of Russ Wiener calling his father's show on the morning of September 11th. It's about three minutes long, uh, maybe just over. And we think we'll just play all of it because, I mean, it does give you a window into both of their mindsets. And this is like right around the time he first launched Rockstar. Russ on the Savage Nation, welcome. Hello, Dad. How are you? <laughs> How do you feel today? I, on my on the line is is Russ Savage, son of Michael Savage, a different generation Savage. with a different perspective. How do how do you see this? Well, I'll tell you right now. When I ran for California State Assembly three years ago, at the end of my campaign, after I lost, I won the pr primary, then lost the general election in a liberal area. I wrote a poem, and it basically <laughs> went like this: is that liberals will lay in the sun until they get skin cancer. They'll eat fatty foods so they'll have a heart attack, they'll drink till they have liver cancer, and they'll vote liberal until the country is gone. People don't react until it's too late. This is on 9 nature, and that's the liberal nature. It's a tragedy, but it, we knew it was coming. The conservative movement always knew this day was going to come, but we prayed it wouldn't come this fast. That's the reality of this. We all knew it was going to happen. We just prayed it well, wouldn't what, happen. What, what, is it, what is it that you would do as a young man? You've not fought in a war. You weren't in Pearl Harbor. Neither was I. What would you do today? Well, I did. I thought about going out on the sides of the freeways and holding up an American flag. And just, <laughs> <laughs> I know what we all want to do, but we can't do that. Everyone has emotions of, of hate and anger right now. Now, you have, a, you have a friend who works for a major financial brokerage. Tell us about that, will you, Russ? Morgan Stanley had, I think, 50 floors of one of the buildings. Everyone in there is gone. And Merrill Lynch, I think, occupied 50 to a, some other crazy amount of floors in another building. Where, in the World shortest. Trade Center? They, they were in that building 50 floors? Each, at least. And they're both gone off the earth. And now how do you rebuild something when there could have been trillions of dollars of money we don't even know about and records? And it's, it's unfathomable how deep this really gets. But instead of focusing on this, we've got to talk about 
what people should do right now to stick together. I think immediately everyone should have a contact of at least 200 people that they can call and set an emergency meeting place in their local area in case things get bad. We don't know what could happen. There could be bombs in every city waiting to go off. We have no idea, truthfully. No one wants to talk about that reality. But the, the truth is, is there could be 50 bombs. There could be anthrax waiting to be dropped in rivers. We don't know what could go on. And if anyone thinks you're nuts for even thinking about this, then tell them to go to hell. But you have to talk to the people that have any brains on their shoulders, which is one-third of the country, and, and get a network together of all your close friends and people you can trust that can talk and be ready in case things go down, because it could go down really badly, and it could happen. And you raise moment. a very, very important point, Russ. We have been trying to stop the, uh, the flood of illegals into this country. <laughs> we know that many of the terrorists came in through Mexico and through Canada. We've been screaming about it for six years on the radio. We've been called racist. We've been called every name under the sun. We were right all along, Russ. You the need problem, the problem is that the leadership... The leadership never, ever accepted what I was saying. Never. The conservatives that listen to you need to tell their liberal friends they caused this problem. But their stupidity <laughs> and their foolishness and trusting everyone like they're a stupid five-year-old. That everyone is fair and nice in the world. Idiots. They're nothing short of fools. And from now on, if you ever hear someone talk up openly the wrong way about America, they either be, I, I can't tell you what should happen to these people, but they should be ridiculed in public and told them, you don't forget what happened this day in America. That's what it happens. Yes, it's a time for us to come together as Americans. <laughs> borders, language, culture. Borders, language, culture. Borders, language, borders, language, culture. I've been trying to warn the people that we are a nation. Perhaps we will still come together as a nation. God bless America. God bless you, Russ. I will see you after the show. Keep up the fight, Michael. We all count on you every day. What a beautiful relationship they have. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much great there. Like, first of all, he mentions anthrax before the anthrax attack. That's right. Which, you know, cool. Good job, buddy. But I also like that he says, like, only one-third of the country has brains, which perfectly matches his California vote total. <laughs> I, I do love how they're clearly, it's 9-11, and they're like, this proves I was right yep. the yeah. whole time. This is the day to yell at your liberal friends <laughs> yeah. about how you were right and they were wrong. I Yeah, he's like, Basically implying you should like kill your friend. <laughs> they're like, yeah. we they like bad mouth America. You should kill them. And he's like, but we like we're gonna come together. <laughs> yeah. One language, one culture. I, I love when he's like, well, what do you think your generation should do military wise? Well, I, I thought about it. I thought about going and holding up the American flag as if that's like a bold move on nine eleven to yeah. really. Really uh, empower the masses, but then he said, "Well, you can't do that." <laughs> right, and right. it's like tons of people did yeah, that. Yeah, a whole tons bunch of people, people did that definitely did shit. That. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and neither one of them called each other uh, son or father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you. I'll see you later, Michael. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'll and see you later him, at home where he, you live, still with me. He called him Russ Savage. That's, yeah, yeah right. that's yeah, the right. best part. Yeah. Like, not like, oh yeah, he has a different last name. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a bit of uh, believing in the the egos that they both portray. Like he doesn't, he can't call his dad dad because that would like destroy the image of him. Even though everyone knows that it's his his son and father relationship there. But yeah, so uh, around the same year, 2001, as we mentioned, he launches Rockstar Energy with a $50,000 mortgage on his condo. Uh, uh, he apparently like he would drive around San Francisco in an old limo in which he painted the Rockstar logo. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, again, this is what we see again and again with these with these billionaires. He had through his father, he had the connection uh, to Canbar over at Sky Vodka that we mentioned, Maurice Canbar. 
Uh, through Canbar, he had connections to beverage distributors. Right. So using his connections with Canbar, he brought on Southern Wine and Spirits to distribute the drink. Apparently, Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. uh, joined as well. He, he brought in about $2.8 million in the first year. So he did, you know, did well, but it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, if your dad wasn't a fucking millionaire talk show host, this right. never would have happened. Um, and uh, it, apparently, according to Forbes, quote, he kept his inner circle close, first hiring friends with a little beverage experience. Uh, he says, quote, uh, Russ Wiener says, quote, this company was like a fraternity, uh, he recalls fondly. It even had a house mother. His mother, Janet, became CFO, <laughs> right. even though her finance background consisted mostly of once running an herb store. Uh, she says, quote, I've always worked for myself. We work well together. We have a really good harmony. Yeah, he, he made his mother CFO and gave her 15% of the company. Of course. And he owned the other 85%. Uh, from this one article I found that uh, after he came up with the idea in 2001, it took him seven years to get a hold of a good market. In 2008, he would have 14% of the share in the United States. So it still would take seven years, even with all of these connections and leg ups, for him to actually turn this into owning just 15% of the U.S. market, which is really... I mean, it's not nothing, but that's that. It's so tiny compared to the amount of leg ups he had. Yeah, apparently, like again from this 2014 Forbes piece, like Rockstar was like you know a rocket for its first like six years. It was bringing in a lot of revenue, but then like it started to decline. Um, uh, say uh, quote, uh, Rockstar has been stuck in an orbit that Wieners can't seem to blast out of. A major reason he has starved the company of resources. Hmm. Like he refuses to spend money on advertising right. or you know anything basically. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Wiener realizes that sort of, uh, quote, looking back, it's so easy to say, spend more on marketing or investing in your brand. The more you spend, the more you return later. He recites, I would rather save my money when I actually got real money. I put it in the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Basically like the reason he got his ass kicked by monster and Red Bull is he just didn't spend any money on advertising. Monster. Yeah. Monster plastered that shit everywhere. Oh yeah. Monster Mm -hmm. was sponsoring like. And, Red, and Red Bull, everything. They were everywhere. Yeah, Red Bull had their like yeah, uh, sponsored at like at X Games. Yeah, yeah, Red Bull hosting would, it and shit. They're like build your own airplane and crash it, and then you know jump out of a, a giant balloon. The other thing that's tough about Rockstar is when you look up like Rockstar, like specifically for this episode, Savage. So many of the articles are like from people that are actual rock musicians to the video game company Rockstar. Yeah, like it's too generic of a name to pin anything to but that's also why advertising it is a little tough but then there's that um like shop boy song in like 2007 or 10 called party like a rock star yeah, right and then rockstar just took that for their own slogan yeah they just threw and that on just the like cans. yeah party like a rock star. this is but they could have like they could have like done so much with that oh like, yeah no yeah we're just gonna no, take this yeah slogan. and that's like rockstar could have given them a hundred grand which they would have happily taken and then they're in the video or the yeah. concerts per um promoting it but after that song just about is you see a departure from like the athlete and the like you know uh rock star that's being fueled by it and more just like put it in video games put it wherever we don't care whatever's willing to fucking have us let's 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 throw our fucking brand on it because uh it's the like comedy club mentality of like whatever's cheap just do fucking that my friend uh my friend uh keith buckley is the lead singer of every time i die (laughs) And he showed us this picture once of like when like the last warp tour, they were drinking this shit called monster tour water. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, they're they're in everything. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're making sure you see it. Yeah. They're making sure like every ETID fan sees it. They're making, yeah, everyone, it's gonna be a part of your life. And Rockstar never did that. 
I think that for Savage to come up with this idea, I mean, sorry, for Wiener to come up with this idea at Vodka, you see the marriage of Red Bull and alcohol to where it's not even like, they don't, they don't have to fucking do anything. They're in bars. So that makes it so you're going to sell your product forever. And for, I think Wiener is like, we should just do that because if we can get our energy drink in a bar, we're fucking made. And he yeah. didn't really do that because I think there needs to be a pairing with Sky Vodka for that to occur that just never materializes yeah. until Pepsi buys them and now they're fucking worth well now it's worth a billion dollars. Well yeah and you can't go into a bar and order like a vodka rock star. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's so funny because like again this original 2014 Forbes piece is like I mean it's a hit piece but it's accurate mm -hmm. but then he sells the company to Pepsi in like April 2020 and has another interview with Forbes where he's like you know, it's just the right time for me. I've been working 24 hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week. And it's like everything in this piece is like Wiener isn't a fan of long-term planning. He hates to schedule meetings, making appointments <laughs> only a few days, if not a couple hours ahead of time. That's uh, like most of what you do right. at a company, mm -hmm. by the way, is yeah. like just do meetings. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like, what else is he doing? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. He says, quote, it's uh, Russ Wiener says, quote, it's very, very hard for me to focus on the future with business. You can't do that. If you look too far ahead, you're going to lose in the here and now. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's, yeah. He still beat out balls. Yes, he did beat out balls. Yeah, balls never really, it never. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Like, not yeah. enough kids were gamers. It was still like a yeah. loser oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like, They're ahead of their time. To be a PC gamer was like the biggest loser thing. I know because mm. I was one. Yeah. Then, but like, yeah, it just wasn't cool. Right. It wasn't like in Europe where it's like, um, Bass Hunter had a song called Dota and he like kind of made it cool. It was like a little bit cool. Sure. Because it's like Bass Hunter right, gets right. supposed to see. He's playing Dota. Yeah. But like here, nah. No. No, you yeah, balls, do that. balls just like missed the window of like paying PewDiePie to drink one on camera or right. something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of this did happen just right before YouTube really hits its stride where you mm -hmm. could give an idiot fucking cases of something. They're like, yeah, I'll drink this on air. I don't care. Yeah. Because um, yeah. if that, if this all happened in like 2012 to now, you would see probably three to seven more energy drink brands that are just randomly popping up because I could find nothing on how Rockstar is actually manufactured. Like, there's no real information how they make this poison water. At least not on the internet. And Afghanistan. All unions. <laughs> right, right. But it shows... The warlords with the dancing boys. <laughs> it shows the profit margin where it's like, yeah, just write Guarana on the side and fucking give it a cool logo and anybody will drink it if it's cheaper than the competition. The CIA gave Rockstar to their Afghan warlords contacts. Like, yeah, these will help you with your little Afghan. <laughs> 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 you can go all night. <laughs> the... The Taliban's opening fucking lockers and they're like, oh, it's just Rockstar in here. We thought they'd have Monster. Yeah, the Inspecting thing on the, the new equipment. <laughs> yeah, the thing they left out of the infographic was like they're like they got you know fifty thousand Toyotas and then like five hundred million cases of Rockstar. <laughs> oh just like all marked up by like somebody who got a contract from Dick Cheney or whatever. Right, like, right. yeah, Rockstar, that's $10 a bottle. <laughs> it is. It, that's probably how it is, right? Like, it's like all the troops really, they probably really just want Monster. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. really what, because yeah. it's like Red Bull, Red Bull's, it, that's number one, right? Yeah, yeah Red yeah. Bull's yeah. one, yeah. Number one, because it was here first, it's like basically like for a lot of people, they synonymize Red Bull with energy drink. Mm -hmm. Probably the best looking can. But then, like, Monster, dude, in the middle of the country, we're riding for Monster. <laughs> oh. My favorite thing, dude, my friend, he lived, uh, like, six hours north of Minneapolis. Or he didn't live there. Like, his his parents were farmers. Mm -hmm. and they lived, like, six hours north in fucking, even for people who know Minnesota, 
north of Bemidji. Right. Like for what Bemidji is to the Twin Cities, their fucking town was uh, Bemidji to Bemidji. It was <laughs> sure, fucking sure. nothing. And like our favorite thing to do, we would drive up there because like they would need, you need help when like it's negative 40 mm-hmm. that far north to like bring the cows in. Right, right. And we were like 20, 21. And it's like, dude, we would just drive up uh, fucking drinking all these monster mm-hmm. rehabs. Mm-hmm. That was the best shit in the world. I love that. That was the best. That was the best. We listened to like 2013 Deezus and Marrow. Yeah, yeah, right. That was a great time. Just fucking adrenaline to your fucking max and doing the most mundane things. That's, yeah. It's weird because I'm not surprised at the lack of attention that kids are facing now because for the last like 15 years it's just been take 800 milligrams of caffeine and go to your office job like yeah. of course people are just fucking batshit right now oh yeah. yeah like i got introduced to monster like studying for a physics ap test <laughs> and this guy joseph was like oh man you know great way to study monster energy drink it gets <laughs> <laughs> so, i was like well i gotta i gotta try this out joseph's great and then like yeah. I, monster is like it has been my go-to when I'm on tour and sure. it's like if you're on tour for like a month even if like I generally keep like decent habits on tour mm-hmm. I like don't drink really and like my other vices like drug wise like I try not to like overdo it mm-hmm. you know and uh still though like if you're doing it for a month like going to a different place like every day or every other day like fucks you up a little bit yeah and it's like Dude, I just drank one fucking monster before the show. I'm ready. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> the Guarana just takes care of you. Yeah, they have the best Guarana. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the Red Bull Guarana isn't as good. I've tried everything. Monster is the best. No, if people want to know the secret to my success, it's uh, two sugar-free monsters every single morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got uh, we can bank on like 10 more years of Andy and the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. That, that heart attack. That's a yeah. little much. That's like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Felix is telling me. Even for me, that's like that's a lot of monster. Here's the thing, though: it's when I have a Red Bull, that's when I'm like, okay, that was a weird heartbeat. Like, I they, sure. it sure. shouldn't yeah. be doing that because you're just like withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, like, it's yeah. like you went from like black tar mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. half a perk. Right, right. You're like you're taking your same fix, but it's like, oh, I don't like feel as much. Right, right. <laughs> No, it's like no, we want the real stuff. So right, you can yeah. keep going. You need to put yeah. the right engine oil in you, and now it's the two rocks. Two, yep. I'm going to I'm going to L.A. like in a couple of weeks, and it's like I'm always like fucked up, like landing mm-hmm. in, like that jet like that specific jet yeah. leg. He's going he's to just a West Coast. Yeah, it's going to Germany. Going to not as bad for me. Like going to L.A. always ruins me. You know, what I can still find anywhere in the country monster. Yep. That's right. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm just gonna, dude. I'm gonna feel fucked up. I'm gonna take one monster rehab. I'm good to go. <laughs> I'm good to. I'm good to go into those meetings and be like, Mr. Singer, Mr. Geffen. I was love to work with you. <laughs> and they're like a monster man, just like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you know what this symbol means, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I mean, it's weird to say about a guy worth like 4.1 billion, but he could have made more money. He certainly could have made more money for people who worked at his company. But he was just like fucking lazy a huge asshole to work for and extremely tight-fisted mm-hmm. so like as of 2014 according to forbes monsters revenue was about three and a half times larger than Rockstar's, and then you know red bull was even like a little bit more than that and so uh the, forbes quotes some executives fr- at rockstar who spoke on background uh other executives didn't groove on the same vibe as wiener and complained about wiener's control and tight-fistedness 
quote, he just doesn't give us any marketing money, size one ex-lieutenant. It's tough to compete when you don't have a marketing budget, <laughs> and Red Bill does. Rockstar spends an estimated 4% of its sales on advertising and marketing, while Monster shells out about 8%. Wiener targets a tiny audience via sponsorships of extreme athletes like BMX rider uh, TJ Yonk Ellis and skier Alex Alki Bellamare. Television, radio, internet ads, not a chance. <laughs> we don't have advertising. Uh, we don't have an advertising agency, boasts Wiener. Everything we do is on our own. And it's just like he could have just made himself more money right. by spending, you know, more on marketing and advertising. I would, yeah, there is so many ways you could see how he could have, like, he could have made like $30 billion. Of course. Mm -hmm. If it was like, mm -hmm. yeah, like make streamers drink it. Like, yeah, streamers are cheap. Oh, yeah. You give yeah, like give a streamer like seventy thousand dollars. But he's also in that age where he's just slightly too old to know that the amount of people because he's like you know he's enamored by his dad who obviously had the like fucking two hundred million listeners or whatever. So those numbers don't impress him. But in the internet world, people will buy anything a streamer's fucking hawking. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's what fifty one. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, born nineteen seventy. He got five billion dollars subtract like you know let's say 40 percent all the taxes um brings him down to uh 10 percent you know he can only spend like a hundred million dollars a year if he wants to live to 80 i mean that yeah. sucks yeah that sucks. <laughs> i couldn't imagine yeah maybe when i was like 22 i could have done that sure no. sure now. no no you can't get a new plane spend, every year you have to spend at least one million dollars a day <laughs> that's not rock star living you know yeah that's not it's really not living like a rock star <laughs> so he's like now his thing is like flip like he'll like Real estate. Yeah, like the mansion that like Tyga got repossessed right. mm -hmm. in yes. between his comeback. He's like, okay, I'm going to like flip that for like $3 million more. Yeah, like since selling to uh, since selling to Pepsi as of like two weeks ago, according to therealdeal.com, he paid more than $35 million for two waterfront properties in Miami Beach. Uh, yeah, he paid like $17 million for 511 Pine Tree Drive and $18.1 million. Uh, He's still not working, but working. Right. I mean, it's just this idea that you have to like be doing something. And you know, it's his dad being like, well, what are you going to do now? Right. It's like, I guess yeah, I'll just buy houses. Yeah. He's, his job is just finding new houses for himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, like, I love that too. He's buying like beachfront property in Miami. Like, yeah, that's a good investment. <laughs> <laughs> You're really smart. Uh, but yeah, so uh, just a couple more things from this uh, 2014 Forbes article. Uh, Wiener uh, has Rockstar has lost uh, plenty thanks to Wiener's irascibility. Hmm. Not long after starting a distribution deal with Coca Cola in 2005, when his sales were 215 million, he was unhappy with the relationship. "Quote: They were focusing on vitamin water. They kept trying to make their own uh, energy drinks." Wiener recalls, "We'd fight with each other, scream with each other, scream at each other." Unquote. One former Rockstar executive says that Wiener's promotions were another source of irritation. Quote, Russ likes to use beautiful models and Coca-Cola didn't appreciate that much. Uh, Wiener denies the advertising was a problem. Coke won't comment. The relationship unraveled in 2009 and Rockstar signed a new distribution deal with PepsiCo. Right. And it's like you can look up online. A lot of the advertising for Monster is literally just Russ Wiener's like dumb face mm -hmm. and then like surrounded by a bunch of like attractive women right. in bikinis. 
which like if you're trying to market energy drinks to females that's not really going to help you that much mm-hmm. um also like the logo of rockstar the double r's that are backwards do you guys remember that like tracksuit brand that was like two women sitting back to back that was hot for like 10 years the rockstar logo looks basically the same mm. and it's, that's a cool logo too. It's, you know what? i saw someone rocking it like a like two months ago and there was kids looking at him like, what the fuck are you wearing? Because they don't have any context for how no, hot yeah. that was, you know? That was the shit back then. It really was. I wish I was like five years younger. I'd wear a t-shirt. <laughs> on. I think the new thing now is like to wear like huge t-shirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never really had the body type to do that. But like, dude, that's five years younger. Yeah. Huge t-shirts with gigantic logos yeah. are kind of in right now. Yeah. I'd be going to fucking Moodring and Bushwick wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. The funny thing, too, that like the executive clearly isn't saying, but is still kind of saying is like, yeah, the advertising strategy under Russ was uh, get Russ laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's awesome is that the Bang guy is like he's fully doing that. Like Bang's <laughs> only advertising is like advertising on some conservative stuff. And then mostly like they're like disgusting like leather skinned CEO who wears a bang <laughs> chain like hanging out with like Instagram models yeah yeah uh but yeah so they uh he loses the coca-cola deal through you know his own idiocy uh-huh. and sales immediately plunge after they get the new distribution deal uh but i just like you know this uh this one uh, uh um this other thing from the forbes article contrasts so well with his quote about like i was working 24 hours a day for for 20 years uh he says uh, a quote wiener usually operates as an absentee landlord through a cascade of emails and phone calls (laughs) from his homes in california and florida which he shares with four white poodle cocker spaniel mixes he once described an executive vice president's job as quote gets what i want done all sales agreements with major rock star customers like 7-Eleven and Walmart require his approval. When a snowboarder asks for $1 million in sponsorship cash, Wiener personally axed the deal. And it's just like, yeah, he just sits at home and like calls people and sends email while they're doing the actual job yeah. of running Rockstar and apparently like schedules everything last minute. And then he's like, yeah, I was... You know, I was just grinding for 20, 20 straight years. <laughs> and when, whenever he does make a personal decision in the company, it's always like the wrong decision. Yeah. And this guy has an 8 out of a 10 on Forbes. Yeah. Forbes <laughs> yeah. is like, this guy, he fucking did it himself. Yep. No, I mean, like, we've learned, like, the Vanderbilts get, like, a fucking 6 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know the stuff about his wife? Russ Wiener's wife? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really have that, no. His wife has some, like, bullshit, like, wellness charter school. In oh, yeah. yeah. And she was on the news because she, like, sent an email that was like, if you get the vaccine, you're fucking fired. Oh. And then she, like, then she, she, like, they, like, interviewed her. And she, like, looks, she's, like, one of those women who, like, just looks like fillers with, with a pair of eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, we were talking about, kind of. And she was on the news. And she was like, no, no. I was saying that anyone can get the vaccine, but they have to get it in summer. Oh, what? (laughs) 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 Fucking rocks, dude. Uh, What a, like, perfect family. Yeah, perfect family. family. I bet fucking Michael loves her. I bet Janet hates her. Janet probably is, like, disgusting. What she did to her face, gross. Right. And then the closing paragraph of this Forbes article, if Rockstar... uh, this is written in 2014. If mm-hmm. Rockstar stays in a rut, Wiener will probably blame it on somebody else, just <laughs> as he has with everything else that's gone wrong 
<laughs> at the company, his election loss 16 years ago, and a swap he made as a kid that he still regrets. <laughs> and then they quote, he quotes Russ Weider saying to a Forbes magazine interviewer, I traded a Willie McCovey error card for two Fernando Valenzuela rookie cards, he recalls, referring to the first baseman who then played for the San Diego Padres and the LA Dodgers pitcher. That was the first time I got screwed on a deal. <laughs> He's like the anti-Trump. Yeah. He yeah. like remembers every fuck up. It's like it's not the art. Of, it's like the art of the victim. Yeah. Yeah. He's perfected it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So as I mentioned, you know, he sells to Pepsi April 2020. Uh, he tells Forbes at that time, it shows the American dream is still alive and well. It shows Pepsi has faith in the future and they believe in what we created. It is a bright light in the middle of this hell storm. Uh, he sold for $3.85 billion. And uh, it's a, like, it's like, so like, yeah, during Corona, it's like, hey, the world's like fucked up right now. But like, I was able to sell the worst, <laughs> the worst energy drink company. <laughs> Uh, I mean, oh my god what a great person it's wonderful he says it's quote it's perfect timing in my life right now I'll have enough money to do pretty much whatever I want in life and not put my nose to the grindstone oh finally oh, finally, finally finally you can finally you can like you've had it too hard for too long <laughs> finally uh, I was running this business 24 hours a day for the past 20 years I was never not working unquote and uh, at that time, he said it's too early to think of his next steps. But the mother, Janet, who, again, was the CFO and owned 15 percent, mm -hmm. uh, he says his mother will, quote, devote her life to helping animals through animal rescues and protecting wildlife. This fits in with the family's uh, Yakok Organic, which Wiener launched in late 2017 as a natural alternative to Rockstar. Profits go towards protecting endangered species and the environment. What's wild is Michael Savage is the poorest member in his family now, I think. Yeah, his, no. His mom's got yeah, that's right, uh, yeah. the money from this. Son, obviously a billionaire. I think he's got a daughter who might not have made any he money. But, have a daughter, yeah. But in terms of rich people in his family, he's now number three, just like Rockstar. Wow. <laughs> Synchronicity. Yeah. That's, a, that's his, a point in his favor. The, the, so the mom made like, so 10% of $5 billion. Mm -hmm. She made like... 600 something million dollars yeah, right now she's loaded michael like probably made a decent penny from all his shit but like not like that no he, i saw a net worth for michael savage about 18 million which is like you know that's good for a radio host and that's for it. what he was yeah damn that's, that that's sense, good yeah. that's good if you're a fucking loser yeah he, he, that's he, what i made my first year of media <laughs> <laughs> i got an equity stake in genius when i was doing those annotations <laughs> He's worth 18 million because he spent like 10 million on lawyers fighting to get allowed into the United <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> People sued him for forcing him to have dinner when he was brandishing a gun in his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. It is it is cool that a guy like that got to make 18 million dollars. Yeah. That's like the American that way, baby. Up. That's yeah. the real fuck Russ. Like the real American dream is that you are like in any place you've ever been, you're the most fucked up guy. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're on like the Lower East Side of New York uh -huh. in the 40s. It doesn't matter if you're in Fiji. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're at Berkeley. It doesn't matter if you're on a concert in the in the in, in the stratosphere of conservative radio show hosts. You're the most fucked up yep. one. <laughs> any room you've ever been in, no one's been more mentally ill than you. <laughs> and you, eighteen million dollars, dude. Good work. You're the man. And it's like instead of the smartest guy in the room, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most fucked up guy in the room. And it's interesting with like, you know, Michael Savage himself, like, you know, so I guess Russ Wiener, now that he's sold out, he's like trying to flip properties in Miami or wherever. Right, right. 
But like Michael Savage, like got as we mentioned earlier, he got his Westwood One show canceled mm-hmm. in like the early 2021. And it's just something where like, what did you say? He was like 70 something now. How old is he? Michael yeah, 79. 79. So he's almost 80. But it's like a guy like that. He doesn't even care about the money. He just wants to talk to people and have somebody give a shit. So it's like, it's like after all this life he's lived, he's back where we are. Yeah. Where he's just yeah. going to be launching his own fucking podcast because he wants somebody to pay attention to him. Yeah, no, it's very impressive that he managed to get a podcast canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say to him right now, like, Michael, I will listen to you. <laughs> Call Felix personally. I would be his friend. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I mean, yeah, he's bad. Okay. I've worked in media for six years. How many bad people do you think, right. like, Right. People I didn't even know how bad they were. And it's like, uh, dude, I mean, he knows he's bad. This is this is you making amends for the damage you did to Rockstar Energy Drink. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I just like him saving the elephants. I'm like, I need to all the bad stuff I said about your son's business. Preserve mm. access. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, uh, as I mentioned, Felix had a, a great thread on Twitter. I was just reading some of like the replies to it. Like just uh, D- Jacob Bakra writes, there's an amazing episode where he, Michael Savage starts a whole bit by complaining that white people are too deferential to the Asian staff of Japanese restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> and then he t- pivots to talking about how he is the world's foremost expert on seafood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Tone Loke underscore Baker, uh, Michael Savage's old website used to be ninety percent Al Qaeda beheading videos. Yeah. ten oh, percent wow. singular pictures of it, uh, pictures of his dog, <laughs> a singular character. Uh, yeah, and then Borvis uh, underscore Savage's best bit is claiming he spoke to a citizen of Country X who wants the U.S. to bomb it. <laughs> so he would say, "quote." Spoke to my Iranian friend today, and they say, bomb. We want you to invade us. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, Panzer Time, at Panzer Time on Twitter. I remember one episode where he complained about the newspapers not having the right kind of rubber band on them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like the old ways and then he segued to talking about how he wanted to put a confessional in his living room with a wax figure of himself in the priest booth <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hard I know oh, man well yeah. like his wife should buy that for him now <laughs> yeah like his wife could like get the best wax figurine of her mm-hmm. husband made mm-hmm. now and it's like mm-hmm. clearly like she's been like you know she's like yeah I know he can be like annoying and he's like the most hateful man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he's my husband. I love him. Like they've dude, they're strong. Like Rush Limbaugh got married and divorced like seven times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Savage. He had a right there. He, dude, he's like, he's like fucking little Dirk in India. How they like people right. try to do a home invasion and they like busted back mm-hmm. with yeah. ARs. Yeah. That's Michael Savage and his wife. <laughs> and like, you know, his, you know, in that salon piece, there are people that are like, well, he was like kind of a decent, nice guy. The people that worked at the radio station, they'd be like, He'd sometimes be like a friendly guy. And then every now and then he would just explode on the most random things. And it's kind of like um, comedians that love uh, Brody Stevens. Like his material yeah. was okay. But when he would bomb through how mad he would get would just be fucking funnier <laughs> than anything. <laughs> yeah. Michael Savage has a similar thing where it's just like 
oh, these fucking rubber bands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a car crash. You can't look away. You're like, I can't stop looking at this. And I mean, this episode was supposed to be about Russ and we spend most of it on fucking Michael Savage. And rightfully so. He's yeah. a fucking enigma. Yeah, fuck Russ. Yeah, Russ <laughs> sucks. Russ didn't do anything. Dude, it's like boomers versus Gen X. It's like yeah. we're supposed yep. to talk about a Gen X guy and it's like, yeah, what do you want? He like sucks. Right, right. His He's dad is the coolest man yep. alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like just by being a singular individual, he got his son all this money and all these connections, which allowed his son to like meet the people who pitched the flavors to Sky Vodka and be like, mm, I like the taste of this. Uh, I'm a genius. I'll take my dad's money and, you know, market it using my connections that I got from my dad. And now I'm a billionaire. And that's just like, you know, it is the American dream, but it's like, yeah, the fucking kid is not that interesting in that story. He's not. No, he's not even like the most interesting energy drink company founder. And it's not like a really interesting bunch. No. It's like this really is like that the dad recorded tapes of him screaming in the bedroom <laughs> like he was like sending out demo tapes of him being racist and that led to like this yeah. it's like that's the real story here that's the real thing that's amazing it led to a 100 page document on commerce.senate.gov uh the statement of janet weiner to the uh, senate commerce committee uh it's it's 15 pages of her statement with uh images uh for comparison followed by 85 pages of citations about how the FDA said that Rockstar is actually not bad for you. <laughs> yeah, and like because of some of this stuff that Andy's bringing up, I think that originally Savage had like drink Rockstar, it's good. But then since there were lawsuits and stuff and, you know, a conflict of interest, he had to be like, I've never I've never promoted it. I'm completely yep. separate from the company. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what Rockstar is like. He's, I only have 18 million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Savage really was Rupert Pupkin, where he was just, like, in his basement recording tapes of him, like, screaming about whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like he was like, well, if I do, like, if I do it about the border and the death of white males, then, like, I guess there is much more marketability in that than just, like... What is his slogan? Borders, cultural, culture... Language, borders, culture. Language, border... It's so perfect. Yes. He, yeah. he repeats it a few times in that 9-11 thing, but it's such a... Like, I... I a lot of people say Trump's stole from them. I think Michael Savage definitely has a case that Trump stole from him because oh, it's yeah. like oh, yeah. short slogans, outbursts that are ludicrous, but also like understandable. Uh, the man's the man's a savant. He really knows what he's doing. Yeah. Well, uh, Felix, I very much want to thank you for being here with us. My this absolute was, pleasure. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, I guess just like in closing, any closing thoughts on either Michael or his son? And also, you know, I know people... I'm sure they know about Chapa Trap House, but anywhere, anything you want to plug or just let the people know where they can find you. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, Chapa still exists. <laughs> still doing it. I, uh, I really much enjoyed uh, your guys' Afghanistan episodes have been great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I've loved them. Thank you. Um, we, we actually, we have some pretty cool shit coming up in the next couple months. We're, we're trying to do like more shit for the Patreon. We see that, like, yes, we see Street Fight does like 50 tiers of shit. <laughs> they like work way harder than us, honestly. Uh, we're going to be doing more shit. Like I have a pretty interesting episode with Jack Wagner and T from Champagne Sharks. Uh, that'll be, I'm going to do at the end of the month. Um, Matt and Will both have some really cool shit planned. So we're definitely going to be doing more with that. Uh, check out Hell of Presidents that Matt and Chris Wade are doing. It's a great show about the history of the American presidency. Very good. But yeah, no, I had a great time. Thank you guys so much for having me. And the future Michael Savage crossover. I think I'm looking forward to that. I hope yeah. he's in the news again. I can't wait. 
It's like, yeah, I mean, like, we'll see, like, Russ Wiener is just going to be, like, a boring property flipper, yeah. like, losing money on his $4 billion. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, if you just put it in, like, an S&P 500 index fund, yeah. he would make more money. But yeah. he's just going to, like, lose a bunch of money when, like, a ne the hurricane comes next year. <laughs> Wouldn't wait. said he wanted to wave American flag on 9-11, but right, he didn't. He did. But he couldn't. Yes. He yeah. wanted to. <laughs> Michael, like, they should, like, man... Nick should have Mike on Compound. He should. Yeah. Yep. Like, why not? That'd be like, you know, if you could get Nick or Nick, Sam Hyde, and Michael Savage <laughs> in the same room, just like unite the fucking trident. Like, mm -hmm. this oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see all of the personality types. But no, I'm, you know what? I'm very curious to watch what Michael Savage does with his uh, with his podcast. So check out his Patreon tier. <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll show you the rare beheading videos for $15 a month. He'll send them to your door. <laughs> uh, well, uh, hey, thank you for listening to Grubstakers. Uh, check us out on Patreon. We always appreciate the support, and uh, we love you. Uh, I'm Sean P. McCarthy. I'm Yogi Powell. I'm Andy Palmer. I'm Steve Jeffers. I'm Philly Speederman. All right, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our episode. Uh, Sean McCarthy and Yogi Polywell here. We're going to be doing some dates in uh, Seattle and Portland coming up. Uh, in Portland, it's going to be September 16th at 8 p.m. at the Siren Theater. And in Seattle, it's going to be September 17th and 18th at the Rendezvous Theater. I have a few more dates on the 24th and 25th. But overall, check out our calendar dates on our Instagrams and on our Twitters. And come out and check us out in Portland, Seattle. Yeah, please come see us do stand-up. If you thought I wasn't funny on this episode, just wait until you see me bomb at stand-up. <laughs> but at least in stand-up, they can heckle you live. Yes. It's not like they're yes. yelling at their desk yeah. how much they hate you. And if you don't like my politics, come kill me. <laughs> you gotta buy a ticket, though. Hey, it'll save me half a ride, so that works out for me, too. All right, thanks.